Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to the 27th episode of Obscure Mitch Podcast with your host, Make Love, the most obscure podcast in the world, where I interview underground artists, content creators, inventors, game developers, anything in between that. Today, I have a really, really cool fucking guest, man. Somebody coming out of KV. Uh, everybody in KV that I fucking interviewed all told me, you need to interview this person. Interview them, interview them, interview them. So now I finally got to that point in my list to where I'm about to interview them. Without further ado, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody, who you are, what you do, and where you're from. Big T.A. Will, F.K.A. T.N.S.L. Will, K.V.R.H.K. type shit, came straight out of fucking Boston from the Bean, bro, and I rap, produce, mix, all that shit. Yeah. All that shit. So, we finna get right into this shit, you know what I'm saying? I see it. D.K., he put in the chat, he wants me to ask about Trill Fighters and Trill Clubs. So could you explain that to the people listening? What is that? Man, my bad. Sorry for going by it. But Trill Fighters and Trill Club. Yeah, that was the main, that was the first group I've ever been in rap-wise. And that's the group I met DK and a few others in, including Broly. But it's more like, ever since that group, me and DK's been in like four or five other shits together mm. until we reached KV. And we know like, everybody cave in kv is solid but we're doing some different shit like it's not a collective it's a community it's really just a community of artists that we really fuck with heavily and that we could trust so some family shit okay and so what is trill fighters what is that trill fighters is like it's the same shit. He probably he's throwing a lot of old song names to you. A lot of old songs and old song names I made with DK to start like when I first started like hanging with him, making songs with him, and working with him. What year was this? It was like I forgot this. Like it was years ago, bro. I forgot the specific year, but I was like 15 or 16 making this. Or working with DK at first. Damn. When the Troll Club shit was happening, I was like 15 super. It is funny too, bro. It's like I didn't even think I was gonna be in the group. Why you say that? Because I was still like young as fuck. Like I was an annoying ass kid. <laughs> the type you the type you wouldn't want to put in a group full of people taking music seriously. Mm. But when I when I asked, like I DM'd DK off of the group's main SoundCloud. Like nobody checks SoundCloud DMs anymore. So I wasn't expecting anything, bro. I hit the DM. I'm like, yo, I like all y'all music. I think I'll probably fit in. Like, what you think? Like, let me know. At first, DK was like, bro, he sounds like a baby on all of these songs. <laughs> like, <laughs> sounds like he's like i don't know and me and him start talking more and then surely i end up in the group but then dk already had songs out and a bunch of other people in the group had songs out and i was noticing like the difference between mixing because for the longest time i was like my mixing was like ass and my songs by was noticing certain shit in it to make it better so i told dk like 
like let me i can probably do some mixing for you for these songs like they're already fire the vocals the flow is fire on everything else it just needs to sit well on this beat and he's like bro if you could fit if you could do that to this i got you and i've been mixing like 90 percent of the songs since that's crazy i remember he was uh i remember we, me and him was just sitting in a party chat and he was telling me like you no know, will kind of like constructed the early sound of like kv early on like that was all will and it made me think like damn like will bro you've done a lot bro you know what i'm saying and it's just it's just crazy how like you're starting to come up people are starting to kind of realize who you are now but like i feel like you you deserve way more credit you know what i'm saying like you deserve your flowers you know what i'm saying appreciate that bro i appreciate that it's really about how everybody in KV's ideas came together. Like mm-hmm. a lot of the times they would tell me the type of feeling that they would have for a song, even if it wasn't too specific. Like niggas could tell me that they want a song to sound like two seal slap box in an outer space. And I do it somehow. <laughs> like <laughs> I do it somehow. So the main thing that was really like people wasn't really doing at the time. DK was like, bro, you know how on some like family guy shit, having cut scenes in the middle of the song or like mm. some like cinematic type stuff for a song at first i was like bro i don't know how that's gonna work feel me because imagine you're playing something I, I in my mind i was like imagine you're playing a song and it just cuts to a movie scene out of nowhere like i was iffy about it the second we tried it in a song i was like all right i'm not i'm just gonna try shit no matter what it is mm. and dk and everybody else in kv been on that same type of time and like niggas aren't scared to experiment at all we're not trying to just be rappers like we're trying to be up like known as artists same shit in the beginning were you like kind of afraid to experiment i was because i was thinking of how other people would view me as an artist like the, the the way I started music was already weird in itself, and DK could tell you that too, because he's been around that era of my music. Mm-hmm. But it's just I was really worried about what lane I would be in and how I would look to other artists, like if I would seem lame or how my beats would sound con- compared to other producers. Like I, for the longest time, I didn't think my shit sounded like mainstream worthy or industry worthy. But the more I started experimenting, the more people started fucking with it. I was like, you know, it doesn't hurt to try different shit at all. So where do you think that comes from? Like kind of like not wanting to like, or being afraid of people. How do I put it? Being afraid of people viewing your music a certain type of way early on. Like, where do you think that came from? Like you being kind of scared to experiment? Because it was more it, it was more of like how i was when it came to life in general at that time bro because i like all of the years i've been in school i've just been getting like called lame for stepping outside of the box Mm. in any way shape or form like you know how high school and middle school and elementary school people are bro like they would hate something and then do it the next like they would do it the next year or next month or next week of them seeing it and that shit catching on like bro it got to a point where i was like it don't matter what niggas think because at the end of the day 
I know for a fact that they're not going to be in my life 24-7 because they never liked me to begin with. Why would I care about what they think about? Yeah. Like, creative criticism is creative criticism, but you can't just say something's ass and expect me to care about you saying that. Yeah. And it showed me that because I was like, for exa- like examples, like, in my school, people thought it was like, you were weird for like painting your nails because it was like a gothic thing like there was really nobody in my school that was gothic Mm -hmm. or all that type of shit me being one of the first niggas to paint like first black people a black person to paint their nails black in school right Mm -hmm. everybody was like oh will's gay like will's doing this weird shit and they're like they they thought it was weird and then like a week later other people started painting their nails like in the building like in for like in the building they're painting their nails and everybody's like okay this is cool like they're doing different shit where they're only painting their thumb and pointer finger but i was like okay like that's weird and then I was the only person or me and like three other people I knew in my school started wearing like earrings that hang like because usually for a dude in that area in my area you'd wear like some basic shit like studs stud earrings there's like one big ass diamond on it Mm. and people thought me and the niggas I was around were like Again, calling us gay and shit, which nothing there's nothing wrong with that. They kept every other insult in the book they was throwing at niggas because we had like crosses hanging from our earrings or like like something like an earring that like hanged. It wasn't a hoop earring, but it was something that was like hanging off a chain. Months later, everybody else is doing it in different colors. Like somebody would have like a gold like cross hanging from the ear other people would have some other crazy shit on both ears so it was like i i stopped when it came to music i really just stopped caring about what people felt like you know what was weird or wasn't weird because i knew eventually they were either gonna do it themselves or like when somebody else does it yeah i feel like man i resonate with that heavily because i remember being in like sixth grade being black and listening to rock music, motherfuckers calling me a devil worshiper exactly. type shit. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Or being in eighth grade and I'm smoking weed and people calling me a crackhead. Now in LA, everybody exactly. and their mama smoke weed. Like, come on, bro. So people, I feel like sometimes people, they just, I don't know, they just want something to say. They just want to be heard type shit, you know? Exactly. They want a reason to hate something because they don't have it in themselves to experiment either. They're already yeah. following the crowd about of about like 50 other people. So they're used to just hating on shit for no reason. Yeah. So they're not used to people seeing people actually try shit. That's really what it just is. Yeah, man. It's a lot of people who, you know, they conform to, you know, society standards, I guess. Exactly. Now, I kind of want to ask also about the GameCube song. What, what is that? (laughs) It's a song with me and DK. And like two other artists, but like, there's a video from um, I think he changed his name. The YouTuber changed his name to like J So Cold or J So Icy. 
but it was a YouTuber that reacted to the song that me and DK featured in, right? And he was like chilling the whole like for half of the song, and then DK's verse comes on. He starts nodding his head a little hard, like he starts like really bumping the song. <laughs> like this nigga's yelling in the video, like he fucks with the song. And then I have a verse that's only like very few lines in the song. And he stops the whole shit and jumps up just because I said like 30 acres like I'm Spike Lee or some shit in the song. <laughs> it's like hype the fuck out of the song, but the whole time he and DK are like, but we didn't say anything crazy on the song. That's what he's referring to. Do you know where that video is? Not currently. I don't know if it's still up, Loki. I should <laughs> find it and send it to you. Wait, so let me see. What the fuck? What was the name of the song? GameCube. And I'm looking up D Cool's name. Oh, the song is still up. But I don't know if the reaction to the song is still up. Did he delete his channel? If he deleted his channel, that's tough. But man. yeah, fuck, I think he deleted the fucking reaction. That's the one I was ill with still. I cannot find that shit. That shit. Yeah, that shit gone. gone. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Okay, so why did you change your name from Ill Will to T.A. Will? So I had a few name changes. Like, at first, I was Ill Will Productions. Okay. Then I was Ill Will, and then I was TNS Ill Will with all capitals, and instead of I's, it was ones. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I changed my name from that to just T.A. Wills is because I feel like that name was a little too complicated to type in every time you want to look me up. Like, it was just, it, it seemed like, as like as much of a joke it is, and as, as mad as I got at people saying it before, people were saying often that it sounded more like an Xbox gamer tag than a rapper <laughs> name. Which made sense, because in that era, when I was like, when I was first putting my name to that, Nobody else was doing it. But like I said, now there's a lot of rappers with like mad numbers in their name. Mm-hmm. Or mad let like shit replaced in their name. I was basically trying to do some like trap metal scene type shit where they replace certain letters with certain characters or or X, but with numbers. Because of something called leet speak. But T8 Will is really more simplified. T8 is still TNS888 Will. Okay. Yeah. I mean, shit, man. Ill- oh, go ahead. My bad. The ill Will shit came from my pops, though. Oh, he keeps calling you that? Yeah, that's what he like. When I told him I was struggling to find a rapper name, that was the first name he just threw at me, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try it. <laughs> I mean... I mean, bro, the names that you chose, they're not bad. Look at my fucking name. Mick Make Love, man. So, I mean... That name's not even bad either. That's the thing. Mick Make Love? MC Make Love? <laughs> MC Make Love. If you made pain music, your name would be crazy. What is MC pain music? Love? What is pain music? What is that? Pain music is more of like some heartbreak shit. Some shit you would play... When you get FaceTimed while your girl's getting her back blown out tight. <laughs> Yo. Like, 
the type of fi- the type of shit you would play after seeing your girl give head to about fifty niggas on Snapchat. The type of music you would play when you at a party and you see the bitch you like tongue punch another nigga at the party like <laughs> tongue punching is crazy. <laughs> hey, real pain music. MC Make Love would be fucking crazy if you made some two seer Rod Wave type music. Okay, well, I'll put that into consideration down the line. <laughs> so, I know you have an interview before this one. That was three years ago. How come you haven't done any interview since? I haven't been asked, bro. It's another mm-hmm. thing about me is just I, I don't want to blow people's shit up. Like, I feel like if people genuinely wanted to know more about me, they would hit me up. But I do get like the interview shit. If I really like was putting my name out there, I have to reach more people. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know that yet. I was still on the show. Like, bro, in that interview, he offered to have like some can't like camera on type FaceTime type shit. And I was like, no, like I have a character that you could just put on the screen that was drawn for me. That's just it, but my character in the screen is a nigga with a hoodie with a mask on. Mm-hmm. So I was still like not showing my face, but recently I've been like stepping out of that show type shit. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to move more into like visual content as well. I just want to get like you know better camera, better equipment and shit before I start doing that. Hey, bro, shit's gonna go up after that because you see people like your age who like streamed for the longest time and was like doing good without showing his face. But the second he started showing his face, he started becoming way more like way more of a name. Like he started popping way more right mm-hmm. after that. I know you, um, you sent me like you, you actually have a podcast of your own that you had seen. Yeah. Now what made you want to start uh, doing podcasting? Uh, I felt like, there's a lot of topics that people just had like it's a, it's probably the same reason why a lot of other people started podcasting too it's more of like i wanted a plat like people around me to have a platform where they could just say whatever the fuck's on their mind as as long as it doesn't get people canceled by associations <laughs> but whoever they want cuz in the way my friend group was in general in my area I was always the person, like, a lot of people, you guys, T8 Nino or T8 T Money, but, like, I was always the person people around me would come to when it came to advice or just for, like, either if it's dating advice or trying to talk to, like, just trying to talk out their feelings. So I'm like, fuck you. I want I want to get, I want to make a platform for people to express whatever they're feeling in that moment. Cause that's what I do with music, bro. I don't write. I just say whatever comes to my mind based off my vibe. Mm. So I'm like, so I do. Why not put that into a podcast and let people, you know, say whatever they want to think or say whatever they want to get out. Yeah. For everybody listening, uh, Will invited me onto his uh, podcast. So y'all probably see me on there eventually. We don't know when, but we're definitely gonna work something out. Got to get on there. Uh, I got you. set that up on my means. So after this, I know your last episode 
it was uh in 2021 what made you kind of want to take a break from podcasting i was really just occupied with school and shit bro <laughs> but now that i'm like out of all of that shit and i have more freedom i could get back into it mm-hmm. one of my mans offered to help like host it so if it's not me hosting an episode it's him okay and he's he's cool as shit too like he doesn't talk he doesn't mind getting into stuff about like that would make other people kind of uncomfortable because where he is like his mind is in general like he doesn't mind hearing people out mm-hmm. like his name he makes music too like his name is little cash kid on on everywhere bro but he, he's really like a good person to talk to especially when it comes to podcasting so if it's not me hosting it it'd most likely be him you know one thing i'll say is it's once you guys get back into the groove of like uploading consistently, it's going to get easier, bro. Cause I remember I was like kind of struggling with being consistent and now I'm just pumping them out, man. I'm just, you know, on go. So once you get on go, that shit, it's going to be easy, bro. Yeah, bro. It's going to be smooth though. I already know. Bro. One song, <laughs> one song that I heard from you, that shit had me fucking dying. I was playing it when I had first fucking, uh, join a discord was <laughs> teach her how to Dougie. Because one thing, if you listen to like that original "Teach Me How to Dougie" fucking beat, that's a goofy. It just sound goofy. It's also a goofy ass beat. And then on top of you saying some out of pocket shit, like, so I said that to ask, like, what was like the what song did you have like the most fun making? Was it that or? Mm, what song did I have the most fun making? That was like top two. <laughs> Song. I had I had the most fun making, but it's um, it's called Shorty Wanna Shake. It's on one of my tapes, but like, <laughs> I bro, I was in the studio just screaming shit for like hours. Like I told my I told my mans to extend the beat for like four minutes. Oh wow! And whatever I come up with that's hard, we chop it down into like however long of a song, like a regular length of a song should be mm-hmm. and that's what happened like i was just screaming random shit how old is that song it's like i made it last year it's pretty recent huh? did i make it no i made it this year bro I, i'm starting to forget my own shit now bro but <sighs> i made it this year it was right at it's like a deluxe or another side to a different project i put out Man, like it's on the Fairly recent, though. Are right, you gonna have to send me the link of that shit, man? Because when I was listening to that uh, teacher had a Dougie, what the fuck did you say? You said, uh, <laughs> how you let a nigga with no bread break your heart? Break I started crying. Heart. Oh my god. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now <laughs> I said that to ask, has Mister TNS Ill Will ever had his heart broken? Multiple times, bro multiple times shit. if i if we went over every time that shit happened bro you would have to start another episode up bro <laughs> multiple fucking times bro so this is why i oh god which it's really just why i started making like what i make now like i'm trying to make a new genre out of it a new type of like pain sub genre out of it 
but it's really why I make what I make now. So how do how do you deal with like heartbreak? I mean, real shit, bro. If I'm not gaming, which I rarely do, I'm making music. You guys, all of my homies, if I'm not doing anything else, I'm either in the crib, home studio, cooking shit up, making beats, or I'm recording some crazy shit. Like, when I say I put all of my feeling into all of my music and I don't write, like, some of the songs I have out would just make you feel like you want to text the ex and say, I hate you for no reason. <laughs> and then block her after so you don't hear from her. Like, it, it, like, I really try, like, try to put as much emotion as I can into most of my songs so you could, like, have, you could have something to where you're like, okay, this nigga's feeling the same way as me. That's where, like, fuck you type music. Like, mm-hmm. So, but in the least crazy way possible. My bad. Very good. You're good. My bad for fucking. You know what I'm saying? As an interviewer, you never want to interrupt somebody. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I'm already knowing, bro. I'm already knowing. So, do you think making that type of music, does it help you deal with heartbreak? Do you think it's working? It does. But for me, I feel like if you don't make music in general if that's not really your vibe put it into shit like any form of art Mm. so that you don't feel like it's just inside your chest and you can't say it or express it anywhere if you're into drawing heavily whatever pain you have that in your mind just put it into some like paint or pencil if you edit videos for like whatever it is music music videos youtube videos if you just do like some artistic edits on some wild shit do that like if you're into dancing pick a song that express the exact feeling that your heart is in in that moment and dance to that shit like you're either in pain or that you're trying to break out of something like bro the best way I could suggest to get out of some like some stuff that has you deep in your mind is really therapy. As much as a lot of people think that shit doesn't help, but it's just an extra ear to listen to. Even better, like I'd rather people not like speak like speaking to friends helps a lot too, like. If you have a group of friends, like people could feel alone on the inside, but in reality, if you look around you, like people are down to hang out with you if you ask them to. Mm. If they aren't, they're not really your friends. Yeah. You know, you should know and be able to see who's around in your life whenever you need it, besides whenever they need you for some shit. I've dealt with that too many times. You're going back to like the, uh, the therapy thing, man, I think that's super, super big. Coming from somebody, I, I mean, I want to be a fucking therapist, you know what I'm saying? And I deal with my own problems, so that's, mm. like, how I interview people, that's how I would want to, like, do therapy sessions. Like, how I just, just talk to people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, make people feel comfortable, you know? Exactly. A lot of people don't even want somebody to, like, 
I've met people who didn't want people to reply to them when they like tell them about shit that's happened to them. They just want extra ears. So as long as there's somebody to listen, like some way you can get shit off your chest, it's just better for that shit to be that way rather than you just keeping that shit inside. Because if you keep everything inside you, you're going to crash out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a scary part, like how. Like your mind will just bottle shit up. And as you're bottling it up, well, for me personally, it it doesn't feel like I'm bottling it up. I feel normal. But as soon as I hit that tipping point, I feel crazy. Like I just feel like, like again, about to crash out type shit, you know? It's like, whenever people are upset, it's usually not them. Like a lot of people just say shit out of anger or out of like real like pain or sadness, bro. Mm-hmm. I could like I could be mad and call somebody a bitch, but not really feel like that. Yeah, because I know they're not like that. Like, it's really just all out of anger. Like that shit brings out the worst within people. Yeah, I, uh, huh. I hadn't said some pretty fucked up shit to somebody when I was angry, and I regret that yeah. shit. <laughs> Fuck man, save man. That's why you got to talk to somebody. So you could at least, so you could have that shit off your chest and so you could keep people around you. Because I know how shit is when it comes to like, you know, you getting past the like tipping point with other shit. And then your friend starts joking with you and then you say some shit to them that you regret. And now they don't want to talk to you anymore. Like, that's Mm. the worst feeling. So if it's therapy, then get that shit off your chest in any way and then talk to your friends like if the, if you want to talk to them about it you can but if you know you're going to be upset with that find some sort of outlet it's like something because bro it's like you don't want at the end of the day bro if someone else is getting you heated over something that's their goal if you show them that you're getting mad that's more fuel for them. If you are in front of their face, blank faced, like you don't care. If somebody says they want to start beef with you or start a fight and you really don't care, they're going to be bored of that and stop being around you mm. nine times out of 10. Cause you know, there's people who do stupid shit and just keep pushing. But mm-hmm. then you really should like, you know, take action on that shit. But you gotta talk. Again, it's a deep fucking subject, man. I'd also say, like, in terms of, uh, you know, because I've had, you know, friends around me who people ain't ain't really your friends type shit, and they want to make you angry. They just want to just just be a fucking dickhead. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, they want to, they want to see you. Like, bro, I'm going to give you, like, crazy example, right? Not crazy, but it's, like, how I how my shit was growing up in school. Like, school especially, teachers thought I was getting, like, bullied, right? I've been, I've been a big kid, big kid for most of my life. Most of my life, I was that hot-headed nigga in class, like, screaming the most craziest things back at teachers when they tell me the most simple shit. So I was never the type to get bullied. The only reason why they thought about it or thought I was is because people would do shit behind my back 
and then presented to me later on at a point where I like, let's say like there was a situation in like middle school and I hate talking about old shit that happened in school because it doesn't matter now, like mm-hmm. way past that. But it's like, bro, people were making drawings of me, making fun of the shit I was wearing. I had a faux hawk that was blonde, like again on the shit that nobody does to step mm-hmm. outside the box. I was the only nigga in my in my grade with dyed hair that wasn't a female. Like making fun of my hair, making fun of a bunch of shit that I had on me, right? And the school found out about it, asked me if I was getting bullied, but I was like, no, they haven't like I was just then seeing it when my school presented. Like when the staff at my school, like principal or counselor, whoever the fuck it was, presented that shit to me. Like they were asking if I got bullied, but I'm like, no, they haven't said shit. Like there's been plenty of times where people has been like, yo, Will, this kid wants to fight you because this and this happened. But I'm like, I haven't said not one word to this nigga. If he wants to fight me, you could do that. And I would just leave it at that. But they would love to just stay on it and continue to argue. I would just say the same thing over and over again. If he wants that. And we can scrap. Mm-hmm. I'm here. You've seen me in the hallways. There's opportunity. I don't give a fuck what happens. Get whatever you want off of your chest. Get whatever punch you want off. And they've never done anything. Never done anything. Like, bro, a lot of people in school made fun of me for making music. And this was back before you was getting, like, paid from, like, SoundCloud specifically. Like, mm-hmm. even though I wasn't getting paid often because I'm still a smaller artist, like, still being a smaller artist, you it was hard to get paychecks. Not paychecks, but it was harder to get stuff from SoundCloud or whatever distribution, right? Mm-hmm. So we were like, bro, calling me shit outside all these stupid nicknames and shit outside my name. I had a girlfriend, right? <laughs> In middle school, who I told that to, I'm like, yo, the SoundCloud shit might, you know, might be up. Cause niggas are starting to get paid off it. Like, I didn't make much, but I make this. She's like, word, I'm proud of you, right? Day later, I come to the school and everybody's dying laughing at me. I'm like, why? What's the issue? And then this kid pulls up a video where she, like, my girl, is like on video clowning me to a bunch of other people about me saying I I make like checks in the mail for music a bunch of other shit lying about me and I'm like okay they're clowning me but shit really went from that to people actually seeing me start taking the music seriously to them calling me ill will in the hallways like yelling ill will in the hallways Like, bro, imagine people are hating on you and then, like, for the longest time to the point where you think, all right, I got this small-ass circle of people I fuck with in the school. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one or two years later, people are running up to you trying to shake your hand. Yo, it Will, like, when can I get studio time? Or, Will, when's your next drop? Like, what happened to the eight? Man. Like, what happened to that? That's why that's why I be saying, man, fuck people, man, because exactly. some people they just I don't even know how to fucking like the the 
idiocy that people admit i can't even fucking put a word on it like some people are just morons they're just they're just hateful mm-hmm. people you know close-minded i'm glad you didn't let that shit stop you though bro hey bro if you believe in something everybody says keep pushing for it yeah like music been my life since i started it bro there was a there was a, a tweet from you bro it said no shit kind of crazy how it took a whole virus for niggas to learn how to wash their hands yeah i don't know bro did COVID like affect you like did it affect like your your work ethic and like shit like that or bro i was i was seeing people like my friends catch it it's like fuck bro i can't link with him because he got it (laughs) yeah nigga school shut down like they canceled like a bunch of graduation and prom shit for my grade because of covid like i never like like me and my grade never had a prom we had a graduation but we never had no dance shit because halfway through the year they shut everything down Hmm. and it was either like is either you either come to school with a mask on like heavily or you stay online and i was one of those online niggas I was scared. Like, my mother was, like, sick, bro. She had cancer for the longest time, bro, during the COVID shit. So it was like, bro, I'm not risking stepping outside this crib for anything. Mm -hmm. But about the tweet, like, even seeing that shit, like, people around me who I usually know to be, like, niggas i don't care about if shit's sanitary like i'm watching these same people that would drop a tater tot on a school cafeteria floor (laughs) pick it up and eat it without niggas ain't even blow no dust off it don't (laughs) even throw it away they pick that shit up and eat it start wearing masks and gloves hand sanitizing every five seconds using wet wipes everywhere like where was this (laughs) <laughs> Where was this? Said, man, y'all niggas was dirty last year, man. What the fuck going on? <laughs> now you're just being the most cleanly niggas ever. It made no <laughs> sense. Holy shit. So I'm like, okay, that's crazy. You niggas was sneezing or coughing into your arms or hands and dapping people up and not caring. Man. <laughs> y'all were face down on tables where you knew other niggas oh. were face down on sleeping. Oh. Niggas is in bath like in the school men's bathroom bro every men's bathroom and wherever the fuck it is disgusting unless it's like staff specific mm-hmm. niggas in the bathroom stalls like open touching the door with they bare hands those those same niggas are using their foot to either kick open the door or they're like doing the most precautionary shit just to, it, it's so it was weird bro it was weird. I'm seeing a bunch of dirty niggas be the cleanest <laughs> niggas. It made no sense to me. Again, I want to say um, I'm sorry about your mom, bro. Because uh, me, my aunt, my mom, we were all the same way. Because my grandma, she uh, she has diabetes. She also has kind of like a low immune system. So we were all like kind of scared, like fuck, like we don't want to, you know, go somewhere, bring some shit back, and we be good. But then she get heavily affected by it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's fucking scary, bro. It's terrifying, you know? 
Exactly, because we're young still. Like, our immune system can at least try to fight that shit off the best it can. If you're already sick with something that, like, strong, my nigga, that's, like, life or death if you catch that shit. Mm -hmm. So I feel you on that. Did you ever get COVID? I had that shit a couple times. I, I caught it once, like, in the crib. Well, my mother was still, like, recovering mm-hmm. off of cancer. Like, she's, she's cancer-free now. But it back when it was, like, get at least getting somewhat better, we caught it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that at first, but she had it. But the way me and my mother are, we're always around each other. So if, if she caught it, I was going to catch it. Mm-hmm. But it didn't hit me that hard. But I seen how it affected her. And I'm like, yeah, if this was, if you caught it while it was early on, I don't know. Like, that shit was scaring me. Yeah. Like, the whole thing. Yeah, because I remember, uh, I don't even know how the fuck we caught it. I think we had all went to the store, came back. Yeah. Maybe about a week later, we all saw feeling crazy. Like, I'm throwing up, all type of shit. But I bounced back pretty fast. Like, I was the first to bounce back. It's crazy. So, mm. I, I was the first to bounce back. And my grandma, she was the last to, get like, get, like, affected. But when it hit her, it, like, hit her. Like, it took her a while to bounce back. Like, I don't know. It was fucking weird. Man, that shit. That COVID shit, man. That shit is fucking. I don't know. Do you think. Getting... Oh, go ahead. It was getting worse. Because they started saying, like, at some point, they started saying, like, kids that were, like toddlers were able to catch that shit as bad now yeah. at that point in time i was like okay bro i'm not stepping out at all my nigga yeah it's like you know the, the main people that were affected like in terms of like life or death type of situations for toddlers people who were old or people that just had like immune deficiencies type shit right do you do you think it'll ever get back to normal or do you think it's getting back to normal or is it normal in your area now they said it's not I think worldwide, they were saying it's not as much of a, like, public pro Like, it's not really an epidemic now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I still wear my mask when I'm outside. Mm-hmm. And niggas, bro, you come to my area right now, bro, you will see, like, like, one person, like, in the whole, like, big ass area where wear a mask like nobody wears that shit anymore around here mm-hmm. but it's not gone that's the thing they keep cut she keeps coming with new variants it's not gone so i still got my mask bro for reason yeah, i remember when me and my uh me my aunt my mom and my grandma we had went to disneyland maybe about i think it was last year or some shit like that or the year before last? I think it was last year. And we were the only people with, like, a mask. Because we went for my grandma's birthday. And she, we were the only people with a mask. Damn near. Like, nobody had a mask in Disneyland. Like, that shit. Thank God, you know, we didn't get sick. You know what I'm saying? But that shit's crazy. I like, it's, you know. I think people are getting more comfortable with, you know, not wearing a mask. Or they feel safer now. Now that, you know, the cases are going down or whatever. Right. People were trying to do that once the shit. Like, you heard about the people on, like, spring break. Oh, looking toilet seats? No, I mean, it was like, I think it was in Florida somewhere where niggas was having spring break and everybody was at the beach during, like, the peak of it. Still. I'm like, are y'all dumb? (laughs) 
Like, not only are you going to get sick off of this nigga, but you could get sick off of 48 other people and then bring it back <laughs> to where you were. Yeah, like, think about it. You get sick at a beach party and you bring it back to wherever you're from. Let's say you go to everybody from New York that seemed like want to go to Miami. But it's like, nigga, you get, you get sick in Miami and you don't really know it until like, days after mm-hmm. and you're on the flight you get at, you're basically getting everyone on that flight sick then you land and you get to that airport you're getting mad niggas in that airport sick you get in the uber you're getting the uber sick man you go back home everybody in your house is sick and you go to school or college and you're getting everybody there sick like that that makes it worse it's dumb it's the one thing i will say i feel like it's kind of like an achievement for us to say that we lived through a fucking pandemic, man. Like we, you know what I'm saying? We still yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? As fucked up as that is, we lived through that shit, you know? Oh shit, bro. Oh shit. That now I think about I think the last thing that I can think of was it the swine flu? I remember the hearing sh- about that when I was like a low ass kid. You remember the swine I, flu? I think I know what you're talking about. I think I got up to like how old are you? Twenty three. 23 fuck i'm 19 so i don't know if that was oh yeah you was like yeah you was a baby when that shit happened swine flu god damn because i was like i was in fourth grade so you had to be like what kindergarten first grade something like that yeah probably kindergarten but swine flu damn (laughs) so you know it's great oh go ahead you you remember monkeypox yeah what the fuck ever happened to that? Like, I'm about to knock on wood, but man, like, I've heard monkeypox like once and seen people get it, and then I haven't heard about that shit since. That was pretty recent too. The monkeypox shit wasn't that pretty recent. Yeah. What the it's fuck like, did happen to that shit? Thank God that shit gone, man. I'm saying, bro, you better knock on wood in your crib. Yeah, man. <laughs> Hell no, nah, man. That shit, that shit looked painful, man. And there, there was a nigga that had it who was doing like Uber Eats deliveries, and he was like touching the food with his bare hands, still working while he had it, see, while he was contagious. See, I would, you know, say I would squabble a nigga, but I don't even want to touch a nigga. If he, you know, what I'm saying, I'd be ready to beat a nigga ass, man. Hell no. Nigga turning. I almost said some crazy shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, say it. Whatever you're going to say, I'll say it. Nigga, you're about to turn into that boomer nigga from Left 4 Dead. Trying to touch that nigga. You're oh. going <laughs> to explode the second you tap him, bro. I don't know. Hey, Left 4 Dead used to be my shit, man. I used to love that bro, fucking game. That shit. I can never pass. I can never play that game with a stable group of niggas that won't yell at each other during the game. We all just end up dying at the start. Man, our niggas who don't and, know how to shoot people, like they be shooting, you know what I'm saying? You shooting your teammates and shit. Now they just don't know where to go and they end up yelling, like, you're supposed to go over here. Like, nigga, no. Damn. Like, bro, they don't. They just can never stick together, stay together in a game, bro. That shit. Well, I, I kind of want to know. I think you spoke up about it a little bit earlier in the interview. So, what, what does T8 mean to you? T8 
short for it's really the group of niggas like me trying to help people out from my area that also do music even though i'm not a big artist at all in my area like i had a few people on there who's from my area that wanted to jump into music and shit like the whole point of it to be honest with tns like some like asap mob type shit mm. so tns is just or train no sages trust no snakes has multiple different meanings trust no snakes trust no serpents try new sounds and the 888 is really just infinity signs mm -hmm. like no matter what happens you just gotta keep shit going okay so and it's tripled because you gotta triple down on that ideology so you said so, why you created it because you wanted to help other artists within your area so right. how did you come up with the idea of even doing that like wh what were you doing when you thought of that idea i've always been more of like a group-based person like i figured if niggas are like you know i, I don't want to have something happen to me like how like when lil yachty was blowing up and he had like the the, the boat team or some shit when he was first starting mm -hmm. And he cut off like a bunch of his friends because they all didn't really do shit, but just stick around or like around him. And I knew for a fact that I wasn't going to have a friend group like that. And everybody had shit they wanted to do. So I'm like, bro, start TNS. And whatever opportunities I get are the opportunities you get. Shit, if I'm making music and my mans is into video editing or filming or even making drum like was it any dig any form of digital art, mm -hmm. I'm like, bro, if you do this, we could both get paid. I'll drop a song, split royalties with you if you do the art for it or the video for it. It's smooth. If I get an opportunity to like work with people that are in a clothing brand. Then I can have my man's help film for his clothing brand, me wearing the shit so he has extra footage to use and he can get paid off that too. Mm -hmm. If my man's wants to get into doing beats, I already know a few like artists, like all the KV, all the KV homies are really like, if they feel that they, if they know that I trust somebody, then, you know, like they're going to, they're going to try to trust them too. Mm -hmm. At least, like if they know I trust somebody, they're gonna fuck with them too. Especially if they're TNS or T8. So it's like that's how I help my man's TNS June get a song with DK because he fucked with DK before DK knew who he was. So it was more like I was like, bro, we make a beat together. Since you're getting into production, you do this and I'll do this and I'll send it off to DK and he can fuck with it and see if he like you know. So you do some crazy shit with it. And he did. Same with B Star. Like I've been trying to do the same shit with him too. I think you let me see. I think I seen a song with you in a B Star. I don't know if it was recently or if it was on an old album that you did. I was just listening to it. I think. Maybe I'm maybe I, wrong. I got a few songs with him. There's a lot more that's unreleased now, but I got a few songs with him. 
So, uh, Shorty want to shake is actually per. Nah, he's not in that one. Uh, you you will see his name because it would just be TNS X TNS like prod TNS X TNS. Mm-hmm. Like the song "I'll Be Alright" is prod by me and him too. Oh, it was the Go Crazy one. He's a uh, he's producing on that one. Yeah, that's the one I heard. Okay, Let's go crazy. I'll be all right. That dog's like, it'll be a lot more though. I don't want to know how did the song, um, give him space come about? Give him space, it was more like, so I was going through some shit already where I was like, feeling if people really, if this person really wanted to fuck with me, they would. So I'll I'll give them the amount of space that they like they're hinting at, like I'll give them that. And there was a sit during that situation when I did that, I lost a lot of friends because of that. People, the second I gave people space, can't I'm not gonna go too deep into the situation, but the second I gave those people that space, then oh, Will's weird. Like, Will's not talking to niggas. He's probably doing something slimy. Like, he's probably hanging out with these niggas that we don't like. Like, Will, why don't you, like, do you hate me? Like, why are you blowing my phone up? Like, it's stupid shit. But in reality, all I did was not speak to them. Like, not hit them up first. So it's really a song for, like, people that are tired of having to be the first person to hit people up. However, to send the first message. Not really. Cause it really it, it shows you, bro. It shows it. It kind of, taking that step back from certain people. It really shows you, like, whoever is hearing this. I want you to try this with the contacts in your phone or niggas on Instagram. Don't hit up, and unless it's for a reason that it's mandatory that you hit them up. Or if they're if your friend's going through something and you want to check in on them, do that. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, take like a week by like see if you could last a week without hearing from certain people. Like people you feel iffy about, take a week without saying anything to them first. You could still post, you could still you know, do whatever on Snapchat. Yeah kind of talking to group chats with people who aren't involved in that shit with it like whatever it is do it mm-hmm. stay consistent but just don't hit niggas up first if people hit you up wondering what happened and they're not on some like immediate like why do you hate me shit those are the people you should really like fuck with because there's a lot of times where people go through something mentally and they're in that mental space where they don't want to talk to anyone and that's the best way to get out of that like sticky situation and i understand that like i have friends in my friend groups now who go through that but i me being me and them being them we could not talk to each other for like almost a week or even a week and then speak back to each other on some regular shit and just catch up on everything. Because we understand people are busy in their minds and outside of their minds, so it's not much of an issue. But at the same time, just check. Just, just check. Like, you got to step back and see what's really what you 
It's kind of like a social experiment. Exactly. But it's like, can't make it apparent that you're doing that shit. I'm not saying just randomly test your friends. <laughs> yeah. Because that can cause... That can cause shit to end too. I'm saying, like, take a break for yourself for like a week. Even if you like, if the break in consists of you still posting shit and doing whatever. Mm-hmm. See who's really trying to who really cares enough to check in with you, bro. Or who cares enough to really just like who feels like you're not. Mm, how do I explain this? Like. People will check, see who would really check in with you if anything happened. Because there's been plenty of times where I stop talking to people, and the second I do, I get the message back like, oh my God, I thought you were dead. I thought something happened to you. Well, if you assume something happened to me, where was my message asking me prior to that? Like, to be hitting you up. Why did I have to hit you up for you to? for you to get come to that realization that I'm not dead. Yeah. You could have easily texted me and I would have been like, what's up? And you would have came to that conclusion already that I'm not dead. We're gone or something happened to me. And if something did happen to me and I'm still able to text you about it, I can tell you what happened. Like, you really got to see who's really for, like around, who's really with you for real, bro. And I did I did a different experiment, not to make this shit too long, but I, I did a different kind of like test to see that too, right? Recently, I had a music video and my cousin threw the idea at me to see how many people I could add in for the video to have like one big ass like link up for the video, which is T8 Nino. So that showed me like at least... And all the people I called back were active on my feeds. Like, they were liking all my posts. And they're around niggas that I'm usually around. They just don't say shit to me. But I haven't done nothing to them. So I'm like, okay, bro, I see how shit is. But Nino's really the main nigga that I ever be around. T.A. Nino. Bro, I I seen a tweet from you. It was like in 2020. Said so that you mostly like, you know, listen to EDM. That may have changed, but I was just wondering what type of music did you uh, grow up listening to? Bro, I grew up listening to like old 50 Cent songs. Pops was putting me on to niggas like Tribe Called Quest, James Brown, nigga Prince, Parliament Funkadelic, like a bunch of shit. And then all the stuff. My mother was putting me on too. It was a bunch of gospel stuff like Mary Mary, bro. Mm. Kurt Franklin. Like, like all the cla- all the classic gospel shit. But the shit I was really listening to, like I discovered for myself, was the EDM stuff. Like that's where all the digital, like this, the digital sound comes from in most of my music. It's because I grew up listening to like Skrillex. Tiesto, like I listen to like kind of smaller producers, EDM producers like Autumn Hate, Virtual Riot, Barely Alive, Marauda, Sudden Death. Like, bro, it's a lot. Like, my cousins would put me on to niggas like putting these like PGF Nook. Like, my cousin was the first person to put me on to Chief Keef, 
all the Chicago niggas, G Herbo, G Keith, Lil Dirt, Lil Reese, Fredo Santana. Got a lot of inspiration from like different people when it comes to music. So what do you listen to the most now? Do you still listen to gospel the most or, or do you still listen to EDM the most or do you listen to gospel now or? I, mostly I've been listening to like underground rap, like, <laughs> like underground rap, like niggas like Highway, some Slump Sixes. But then I listen to mainstream. I, I can't tell if these niggas are more mainstream than anything. Like, listen to Lil Yachty. Mm-hmm. People like that, bro. I've been mostly listening to rap so far. So, what was your uh, childhood like? Childhood, childhood, childhood. I know you spoke up a little bit on it with school and stuff like that, but outside of school, what was your childhood like? Just, you know cool like most of my childhood was like going hanging out with my cousins like i i my my brother my actual brother on my father's side i haven't seen like that like the last time i seen him was like when i was like a kid kid like all damn near a baby when I held his first baby. So when I was around all my cousins, I treated my oldest cousins like they were my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. I've been mostly hanging around them. Like friends in the area that I was making, all the niggas from T8, TNS, like it was iffy though. I had a lot of weird experiences, bro. <laughs> Like some stupid ass fights, bro. Like I said, I was a hot headed nigga, so it was fights outside of school and in school that I was getting into smoking shit. I got into young, bro. It's a it's a lot of shit to go over about the life shit. How old were you when you started smoking? Like 14, 15. Okay. Cause I hit my first and like I hit my, I had the first dab pen, and ever since then I've been on flower, and mm. somewhat on some cart shit. But pens, first time hitting that shit, it scared the fuck out of me, bro. <laughs> so I hated smoking with other niggas because the story of it, like, I'm after it's after school and I'm walking home, like few of my niggas, because at the end of school, on certain days it would be like. 50 people that all knew each other deep walking down the same like walking down the same streets going home right mm. but the way my friends were is where we were like waiting on our friends from a totally different school to come off at a bus stop so it was like we'd have to walk down the street and then wait at a certain bus stop so then those friends get off the bus and then we continue to walk but it was a day where we, the friends got off the bus. And my man, my man's June was like, bro, we're about to smoke up. You want to join me? And I was like, fuck it, nigga. I'll just, I was like, fuck it, I'll join you, my nigga. But I'm like, what are y'all smoking? And he's like, oh, we got it, like, carts or some shit. And there was another nigga in the area that we knew him blanking on his name. We're like, all right, bet. So we go. We're about to go to the nigga's crib and we see another homie 
who has his own podcast and shit, he like he invites us over to his shit, right? To his crib. Cause his basement is more of a studio because his family's been on some music shit too. Like he's showing me all the equipment they have. Mm-hmm. So we get to the basement that's basically like a studio room or a hangout room, and we're all just smoking, right? Just passing this shit around. Oh god. The Irish <laughs> thing I was cool with before named Brett or like let's say Brett, right? Mm-hmm. Brett, we we're already iffy about him because he's not much of a smoker, but the nigga if you've seen him, like, if he smoked in school, after school, you're gonna see the effects of it. Like, I, shit, barely able to walk, like, he's out of it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we're all passing shit around. And, and then Brett's like, he has to go to the bathroom, so the nigga just gets up, but his eyes are closed the entire time he's walking. <laughs> but he's going straight to the bathroom. So we're like, okay. He goes in there and we still pass around the shit. I'm coughing hard as hell because I never hit a pen before, but nigga, I'm not going to look like a bitch. Because <laughs> every time a nigga coughed, one of them was like, bro, you good, bro? You soft, bro? You coughing and shit? Look at you, came in. Like, you know how niggas are. Yeah. But I'm like, th- the whole time I'm thinking, like, Brett's been in the bathroom for like an hour. Oh, hell no. Is he good? And then I say that out loud, like, bro, Brett's been in that bitch for a minute. He's like, man, the homies triple we went over to. He's like, he's like, fuck it, I'll check on him. I'll check on him. He can he comes, he comes from behind like the couch area or what it was, and he walks to the bathroom because there's like the door of the bathroom's like right there towards the stairwell going back up the stairs. Goes there, hear nothing, and he comes back. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, he just said he's fine. Like, the nigga's in there throwing up or some shit. And I'm like, bro, what the fuck you mean this nigga's... T- <laughs> like, how, how many times did he hit that shit? He's <laughs> like, I don't know. He's just in there. He was just in there throwing up. I brought him back. I'm like, all right, bro, let me go check on this nigga. So as, he's, as he put the bag, like, in the bathroom with him, this nigga's just sitting on the toilet with his pants on. But, like, I'm like, yo, you good? And the door's already cracked. And my stupid ass, I open the door, right? Mm-hmm. And I look in. This nigga's slumped over the, like, the bathroom and the sink are mad. The toilet and the sink are mad close. So mm-hmm. this nigga's, like, first time I checked on him, he's just sitting on the shit fully closed. And he's he's just not saying shit, right? Mm-hmm. Second time I check on him myself because I'm like, bro, right, this nigga's in the bathroom by himself and we've been talking shit for like four fucking hours now. Where is he? Open the door and this nigga slumped over the sink, not breathing. What? So I'm like, yo, what the fuck is wrong? Like, yo, what happened to this nigga? And, and everybody starts running over and the second they do, he sits back up. But his eyes are closed. The homies crib who stay. The homies like. The homies like, 
in that moment, I thought he was capping because this nigga's just scared of what could happen. He he just didn't want this nigga that's throwing up over and over again in the script, which I understand. So he's like, yo, my family's about to be back home. <laughs> like, y'all got to step out because I don't want them seeing this shit. And everybody's like, all right, bet, nigga, put you like we're putting our shit back, our shoes and shit back on because his it, the way his family is like you leave your shoes out the door type shit. Yeah. So we're like putting our shoes and shit back on. And we give him his shoes and he just holds it. Like, hey, put your shoes on, nigga. And then my man's puts like a bag over in his mouth. He he's down the street from where we were. So right, nigga puts a bag over his face and he's like, bro, you gotta throw up, throw it up in here, nigga. I don't want you doing that around the house and somebody gets mad. Like he's just yelling and barking at this nigga, right? Which fills my crib, I would be too. I'm not gonna lie, bro. But we step outside and we're all ahead ahead of this nigga, Brett. I turn back. The bag's halfway hanging on his face, and he's outside <laughs> holding his shoes in his other hand. With the straight f- socks. Nigga, and it's the summer, too. Like, straight <laughs> socks on asphalt, walking down the... I'm like, bro, this nigga's smack. And his little sister is home. That's the only person home at his crib. His oh little sister God. and his little sister's friend. Bro, when I tell you I was scared as fuck because this nigga was in the middle of the street with a bag <laughs> hanging off his face, eyes closed, hunched over like a zombie with his shoes in his hand. And it's three different niggas just walking around him trying to guide him to his crib. Eyes still closed. He stops <laughs> at the house, walks in. And me and my mans are like, all right, bro, at least he got, he's cooling. And then my, the hit, the person who's closest to Brett walks in the crib because <laughs> he knows his sister. He walks in the crib and helps him to his room. And me and my nigga June, we're looking at each other like, bro, he's like fucking faded. Like his fan, he better not go nowhere else in his crib because the fam's going to fuck him up. Next thing you know, all we hear from like a window of the crib is just his sister yell, what the hell happened to Brett? And we're like, oh, fuck. And nigga, homie comes out the crib and he's like, bro, he's just smacked. Like, he's fine. He's just smacked. Like, he's fading. <laughs> Leave him alone. Stop fucking yelling. He's okay. And I'm like, bro, I'm not going to be a part of this. Cause he's it's crazy, so I'm like trying to text Brett to see if the nigga could open his eyes finally, bro. Yeah, so I'm like, all right, this nigga probably got to the crib and fell asleep immediately because his eyes been closed the whole time. So me and June just start walking back to the crib, and the homie that walked him in ran out his house to catch up with us. So me and June look at each other like, okay, this nigga did something, bro. We're like, whatever the fuck this nigga did, you're not around that. So we just start walking, bro. As dumb as it said, like, right after that, 
we were supposed to go walk straight home, but niggas went to the store like right after that. Mm-hmm. Bro, and the shit from the pen did not hit me until I was walking to the store. You know how in GTA, when you hit a bong and you step outside, like Michael starts <laughs> like walking weird as shit, bro. <laughs> I dead ass started feeling like that because it was my first time hit it, and I was like, "Bro, what the fuck? What if I look weird walking down the street? What if niggas notice?" Like, I was paranoid because out here, nigga, the cops are deep as fuck. Like, state E's are deep. So I'm like, "Bro, I'm not trying to look crazy." My eye, every all of our eyes are bloodshot red. So we all look like the SpongeBob walking cycle, walking cycle, <laughs> walking down the street going to the store like we get our shit in the store and it hits harder the second i leave the store like when i went in the store there was ac and i was feeling the cold air and this shit was just i was cool in there second i step out it hits even harder but bro (laughs) june is like he's already used to this shit and he's like all right i'll catch y'all later and i'm like bet so i I walk across the way shit was, bro. I walk across the street with the other homie. And we're talking about the shit that happened. He's like, "Yeah, bro, that's why I don't ever smoke a bro. Like he's talking mad shit about this nigga, low key. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, "All right, bro. But like whatever you say, when I get this is usual. Why do you keep bringing this nigga around you? Like, I don't get it. But he's like, "All right, bro. I'm gonna catch up with you. My crib is this way, but I'm gonna walk down this way. I'm like, nigga." Why? Like, why? Okay. Cause I know him. The way he was walking, he was gonna go straight back to the school. Cause that nigga was high as shit. Like to school, that nigga was already faded. He didn't know where the fuck he was walking. So I was like, "Bro, you do you. Be adventurous." I guess. So walking home, bro. And as I'm walking home, I kept feeling like a figure was chasing me. Oh no. So I was like, bro, there's something like shadowy, like following me, my nigga. <laughs> shadowy, <laughs> like this shadowy following me, my nigga. Like, what the nigga, I, they, on the way to my crib, there's two ways you can go. There's a certain street that has the elementary school I went to that goes to it, or there's a certain street that was just buildings. My dumbass walked with this other nigga for a little bit so i had to walk up the street with the elementary like school like right in the middle of it i'm like but is either something following me or there's a teacher trying to flag like an elementary school teacher trying to flag me down to stop me because she noticed i'm high right now what? mind you there was nobody there like school had already ended for the day by the time we what the fuck <laughs> So like I was like nigga, somebody I feel like I physically feel like you know, niggas staring at you from across the room. You could low key sense that shit in the back of your head, mm-hmm. and you turn to it. I had that feeling for like hours as I was walking home. And yes, I say hours because I was walking slow as shit. <laughs> I was smacked. Thinking the second I get upstairs, my cousin's like, my cousin's like, yo, well. Nigga, I thought somebody really chasing me, so I sprinted up all my stairs. Nigga, but it was in reality, it was my cousin picking up mail off of my porch. Oh my god. 
and he just seen me, but I didn't realize it. I thought in my mind, I ran straight up the stairs with nothing in front of me. That reality, I ran up the stairs, pushed him out the way, and just sprinted into my room and locked the door. So I was like, bro, fucked up, nigga. But ever since that, bro, I was like, fuck pens, bro. All some flower shit, bro. Fuck pens. Hell no, nah, bro. What the fuck type? Hell no, nah, man. That Boston oh, cart had you tripping, man. What the fuck going on, man? They just said Boston cart. What the fuck? Hell no. So, okay, so I have a couple questions after that story. For one, what the fuck happened to Brett? After, what What the fuck? Where was he at the next day? Was he good? Oh, the, ne- the next day he came to school, like, nothing happened. I was like, bro, do you not remember <laughs> anything? He was like, oh, yeah, I remembered all of that. I was like, so you... I-, I stopped asking him questions about it. I started, <laughs> I started getting more confused. <laughs> Real shit. Okay. So we have that established. Brett was okay. So, yeah. So did, so did you ever see this shadowy figure chasing you? Or did you just feel like it was chasing you? It was a feeling that was never a thing. <laughs> okay. Like I was... I was looking at cars drive past, and I was like, bro, they're following me. In reality, they were going the opposite direction of me. Oh, no. So, I was like, I was paranoid. Nate, that was the first time on a cart. I was paranoid, bro. I was like, wow. Bro, what was the name of this cart? Do you remember? I don't even know the, I don't even know the strain of it. Niggas didn't tell me. They were just like, bro, it's a cart. It's just like a it's just like a blunt. First of all, cars do not hit just like blunts. No, they don't. Yeah. What the fuck? Like at all. I've I've done like regular blunts for that cart. Did not feel like that kind of reminded me of a story that I had, bro. I remember one time I was a young nigga, but this is I was like first starting to smoke weed. I think I was like a seventh. I had to be like a seventh, eighth grade. So it's me, uh homie Fabio. Homie Elias and some other random fucking cat. I don't fuck with, right? Let's call this kid Andy. So we fucking meet up. We, because at first we was going to go like, just like go to school and then like leave. We was like, fuck it, right. we, all, we just going to not go to school type shit and just ditch. So we meet up. You know what I'm saying? We uh, get the money to Elias. Elias go get the weed from his sister, right? Right. Cool and everything good. You know what I'm saying? Fabio already had the blunts. So we smoking at a park. It was like, nah, there's too many police right here. Let's go to the fucking alley. So we go to an alley. And I wasn't high at all until I got to that alley. I started feeling it. So then they light up the blood again. So he's smoking. I'm fucking slapped right now. I hear it. It's like this fucking dog barking at me. For some reason, I don't know why. I was so fucking high. I started fucking with this dog. Like, I was just laughing. Like, like if there's a gate, I just put my face up to the gate and just started laughing at this dog. I, that's how fucking high I was, bro. And this dog is getting louder and louder. And they're all telling me, bro, leave the fucking dog alone. So all of a sudden we hear a voice like, hey, hey, you, hey, hey, you mess with my dog. You mess with my dog. Oh, and then my homie Fabio, he's like, nah, sir, like we're just smoking. We're about to leave. So we leave the alley. Right. We get we get to the main street. All of a sudden we hear somebody fucking screaming. So we turn around. We see, you know, what we thought was a little kid. You know what I'm saying? Running up to us. So we thinking, right. we thinking, OK, this may be somebody who's like ninth, 10th grade, a little older than us. If he tripping, we're going to pack him out. That's what we all say to each other. The closer this nigga gets, the buffer he gets, bro. But it's yeah, like damn. he gets buffer and shorter at the same time. Like 
He was smaller than us, bro. And we're like in the seventh, eighth grade. This is a gr- grown ass man walk up to us. He's like, he's like, y'all trying to steal? Y'all trying to steal at my house? And I think this dude was a tweaker or something, bro, because oh. he was not normal. Like, so <laughs> for some reason, this good dude wants to beat the fuck out of us for being in the alley. And my homie Fabio was like, nah, sir, like we're we're just smoking. And he's like, smoking? Smoking what? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, nigga, we smoking weed. Nigga, what you think we smoking? <laughs> So he just looking at us, mad as hell. Some old man walks past us. We think this old man gonna fucking stop. This old man did not stop this dude. He just kept fucking walking, minding his business. Oh, God. Like, bro, so finally, we walk into another alley. You know what I'm saying? Away from his house. Mind you, a block away from his house. As soon as we light it up, this here, this nigga comes again, bro. Talking about, didn't I I tell you to stay out these alleys? I'm like, bro, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, he's getting closer and closer to us on the other side of the alley. Bro, for some reason, I don't know why, he just kept going up to the homie Fabio. I don't know if he thought he was a leader. I do not know. But he wanted to fight Fabio for, like, no fucking reason. And then, all of a sudden, the kid, the kid I call Andy, the kid Andy, he's like, he literally starts crying, bro. He's like, we're just trying to go home, and runs away. This nigga leaves us in the alley. So me and homie oh. Elias, we look at each other and we just break, nigga. We, nigga, we go and low key. I ain't gonna lie, we low key leave Fabio there, low key. And then Fabio starts running after us, bro. That whole time, we walked from fuck. If you fuck, you're not from LA. So we walked. We was on, let's say, we was on Normandy. I know you ain't from LA, but that's the only way I can describe it. We was on Normandy in like forty, like forty six, something like that. Yeah. So we walk from there all the way to the fucking mall, bro. The mall's like fuck, I don't even want to explain. The mall is the mall's far as fuck. That's all the mall is like a 30 minute walk from where we at type shit. 30 uh, minute hour walk. This whole time we were paranoid thinking this guy was fucking following us. I was blacking out throughout that walk. Like I fucking like I would have my eyes open, close them, and I'd be on a different block. Close them, open them. I was in a store type shit. Like, I was blacking out throughout that whole fucking walk. Like, so when you talk about first experiences, like being high, having a bad experience, yeah, I've had that, bro. That shit does not feel good. First time's always some hell, bro. That first time. (sighs) That shit. I was scared as fuck, man. I I thought I was going to die, man. Especially when I was blacking out, like closing my eyes, open them, and I'm in a different area type shit. Right. Uh, so, so I say that to ask, have you had any trippy experiences since? Trippy experiences since? Not anything to that extent. <laughs> Real shit. Not anything to that extent. But it's more of like, I've always had those experiences where it's like, you know what the fuck like i would do some shit like open up a water bottle and then look at it like am i drinking this shit wrong and then, <laughs> yo and it's just like, back to regular like he said am i drinking this shit wrong <laughs> yeah it was stupid shit like i would be walking down the street while i'm smacking i'll be like bro if i trip and fall i would be embarrassed and then i start thinking about it and almost tripped <laughs> Then niggas would be like, you good? And I'll be like, yeah. And then I'll start re- walking regularly again. That's some normal shit. Oh, it's smaller shit. Like, 
especially when I'm smoking with my cousins, the funniest shit we have. What do you shit? Okay, let's let's get back on track, bro. Because I went right. I went onto a fucking rant. So talk about my first time smoking. So did you think like because you've been making music since you were technically, you know, you were a kid. You were you know, you were young, 14, 15. Did you think you'd be making like music as a kid when you were like younger, like nine, ten? Did you think you'd be making music? At first, I thought it was gonna be a dancer. And I was like, nigga, I got asthma. I don't know about dancing. <laughs> like so I was like, you know, I've music's been a part of my life, whether it's from cookouts, people showing me different songs, like family having a thousand CDs, like being on road trips with families and they're playing like some Lauren Hill, different shit. Mary J. Blodge, a bunch of shit, bro. Tina Turner, rest in peace. Man. Like, bro, it, it's it's always been a part of my life. So I was like, bro, if it's not dancing, I got to get into it somehow. So I thought about production at first. The the way I got into it was weird, though. Like, <laughs> it was it was some petty ass middle school. You remember the era where all these YouTube all the YouTubers were like first starting to make like diss tracks, like Rice Gum. Oh gosh, yeah. Okay, so there was when I I was starting to make beats, and there was a nigga in my school. Let's call him James, right? Mm-hmm. It's not his real name, but let's call him James. He makes, he made, he he seen he he's the type of nigga that would like see people do something that they think is cool and then try to one up them. Mm. So, like nigga, it got to a point where he seen me get a cat and got a kitten, and then people started like jumping on his shit because his cat was like a kitten. It, it was that weird, but it's like he seen me start music. He wanted to immediately get into vocals. First thing this nigga does is make a diss track against me. And then calls me about it. Cause bro, I was already the I was already one of the kids in my school that would have freestyle rap battles like outside of the school. Cause in middle school, before it as crazy as it is, in middle school, in my middle school, before the classes started the students weren't allowed in the building unless somebody else let you in already or you went around the front the buses dropped kids off in the back of the building so there was about a hundred kids in the back of the fucking building right just standing there some of us will rap battle and a lot of the time people would either crowd around for that or games and like Based off my wordplay, like I was one of the niggas that were actually crazy at that, and he's seen that too. This is why he immediately went to vocals first and he started making a diss track on me, right? Made a diss track on him, niggas started dick eating in school. Like, yo, he said this and this song that's crazy. I don't know what you're gonna do about it. That's crazy, like. I... I, if anything, I would say something back, like make it diss track, make something crazy. So I'm like, all right, I already did rap battles, nigga. Fuck you. I make a diss track on him. Nobody was supporting it. 
niggas was playing. I was getting more plays on the songs than him, but nobody was supporting it. Then he drops another diss track on me. Will, did you hear what he said? What James said? This nigga said this and this song. Like, bro, is that true? Does that really be happening, bro? That's crazy. Like, did he really pull up on your crib and knocked at your front door? That's crazy. Bruh. And mind you, bro, this nigga James and his family would beg me to spend time with them. They would literally ask me to come over all the time. They would call my mother like, you know, is Will free this time because we want to see if he wants to come with us here, right? Mm. Or hang out for a little bit. Niggas would invite me to birthday parties, to whatever event. And because their family fucked James Fair family fucked with me. And James didn't have any other friends or anybody else in the school to tolerate him but me. Like, he was one of the kids that was like the top rumor spreader and the top liar in the school. Mm. So he was all of that combined. Like nobody fucked with him <laughs> at all. So I drop another diss track on him saying some real shit about him. And then they start gassing it up. Whole time I'm getting more plays than him on my songs or diss tracks because of that. He drops another one. They dick eat. I drop something. They stay silent, but silently fuck with it. Then there was a day where it was like people were coming up to me and be like, bro, in reality, bro, we fuck with your shit more. We just want to see what he says to you. Like people said, like, like we said earlier, people just want a reaction. So he's like, we fuck with you. And your shit more, but we just want to hear what he says. I'm like, okay, cool. I shit you not, right? Nigga, before I even get into the like, get into my first period class one day, right? Oh no, before that, my fault, my fault. Before that, I go on a trip with his family, James's family, and his brother, because his brother played like college basketball type shit. Like, as crazy as the shit that was in his songs were, his father was a retired officer and his mother was a lawyer. He was not doing anything illegal in his house. Or even outside of it. (laughs) Nigga. I, like, get invited to go to New York with his family, bro. You're gonna think of the weirdest shit ever. Get invited. I go on the trip. And then, like, the night before we were about to leave to his game, I fall asleep, but we had just eaten some fast food, like, after that, right? I wake up the next morning, and I'm like, there's, like, powder on the back of my head or something. There's, like, like I'm scratching my hair, and I'm like, bro, there's, like, powder on the back of my head. Niggas don't get lice, so it can't be lice. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I go in the bathroom, and I'm like, what the fuck is this in my hair? And I'm like, bro, this is salt. His, James' father said it was salt. And I was really, on was that. James' father said it was salt. So I got, the, did my shit, got all that shit out of my hair. After the trip, I don't hear nothing else about it. And then once we get back to school, niggas blow my, like, niggas is, on my shit the whole day, like, yo, you had lice, nigga. I don't know about being around you, bro. I don't know. 
Like you might pass that shit around. I'm like, life. What the fuck are you talking about? I look on this nigga James's SoundCloud. It's a it's a picture of me the back of my head while I'm sleeping with a pile of salt on it. What the fuck? A pile of salt in the back of my head. So I'm like, okay, cool. Believe that I got like he caught hands like multiple times after that. <laughs> like he was a weird nigga. Believe he caught hands after that. But it was like fat like long story short like speed up to how he got expelled from my school was like he did i came in one day and everybody it just has some weird vibe like everybody had some weird vibe to them and everybody was like looking at some shit on some like movie shit like some everybody was playing something or listening to something and giggling i get to because there's certain wings in that school i get to my wing of the school and there's the homie from the story, the homie whose crib we went to in the Brett story, he's in the hallway breaking down crying. This is when he hated me. He was in the hallway breaking down crying. I'm like, the fuck is he? Like, okay. And I try to walk past him, but this nigga points me out in the middle of the hallway. He's like, bro, you, like, what, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you and this nigga James always on some stupid shit i didn't do shit to y'all and i'm like what did he do and how was i involved <laughs> right and he's like bro stupid ass james made a song dissing me and then he made a song dissing the school and i was supposed to be on some sort of list and i was like bro what the fuck i don't know what the fuck you're talking about nigga you're bugging i had nothing to do with what that stupid ass nigga did right so i get back in the classes and the school day ends school that that school day ends they had an, like some so we had an assembly about it later like the next day about why he got expelled and the safety of the school whatever but after that day where that shit happened like i'm trying to take a nap in my room my mother busts through the door and she's like there's a detective outside what there's a detective outside wanting to meet with you. I'm like, for what? She was like, I don't know. All he said was he wants to talk to you down in his station there. He offered to give us a ride. But the whole song, he's just making, he's recreating the sounds that the special needs kid made. Like, if, Wait, if, you, know what, if, if you know what I mean, then you know what I mean. Like, okay. Like, that, that, that I'm just as confused as you. But that he was like, what's your involvement with him making all these diss tracks? And I was like, you know, I don't hear about it. I don't know what you're talking about. And then he shows me the song where it has my beat. And he's like, so this is your name, right? Because that's what he mentioned. Like, he said your name a lot. And he, I was like, they said my... What do they tell? Like, what do they say about my name? They're like, well, his family brought up that you two are close friends and all this other stuff. So whenever he does something, he would usually call you. Did he make? And he asked me. He was like, "Did were you involved in the song where he mentioned at where he mentioned being a school shooter?" Whoa! I'm like, like, no, no, no. 
Nigga, huh? And he was like, did you not hear the song? And I was like, no, I haven't heard the song. All I heard was that he got expelled. He was like, well, they mentioned your name. And he also, and I've also found, they, they apparently found like a list that that nigga had of kids' names from the school. And I was the first person on the list. Fucking like I was the top name on the list. But I wasn't scared of this kid because the most shit he's ever popped off in his life was a cap gun. I'm not worried. So he, I was like, bro, okay. Like, not, like, no, I didn't know about this shit until just now. He was like, so he didn't call you about it. I was like, why the fuck would he call me about it? No, he's. if you look back on his page, he's making diss songs to me too. Why the fuck would I be involved in that? He's like, he and he keeps repeating questions until my aunt has to step in and be like, he doesn't know about any of that shit. And they're like, well, just in case we confiscated his phone, and this and that, like we deleted the song and all this other shit, right? The same day, that nigga James calls me off a new phone. He's laughing hard as shit. I'm like, bro, a detective just came to my crib. Like I said, James is not this nigga's real name. But I'm like, bro, he he came to my shit, like my crib over a song he was like yeah i put that shit back up i don't think the detective realized that the song was never in this nigga's phone files so then he just put that bitch back up so i was like okay bro but this nigga tried to hack my soundcloud at some point in time too i forgot about that that nigga might be the reason why i wish i got deleted too it was a bunch of shit behind that nigga bro like, he made diss tracks about me. There was diss tracks about other niggas in the school that didn't like him, but everybody was still dick-eating that nigga. But it got to a point where I'm like, bro, why am I making diss track? Like, the whole point of the story is, like, I took that shit, the music shit in general, seriously. Right after that. I was like, fuck the diss tracks, bro. Fuck all the other drama that happened in the school, bro. I'm just trying to make actual music that people can fuck with. Like, like I said, instead of clowning me, everybody else in the school started calling me ill will in the hallways, asking me for studio time after the school because they heard I had a home studio, which at the time wasn't even a home home studio. It was just a mic and a laptop. But, yeah. That, I don't even know what the fuck to say, man. God damn. It's, it's just, like I, I really wanted to start the shit because I needed an outlet because being diagnosed with depression, I felt like I had nobody to speak to. Mm-hmm. So I started trying the music shit out with beats at first to have the outlet to express like certain art shit. And then I was thinking about going into vocals, but that was the main reason why I went to vocals. Okay. Do you come from like a musical family or? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Marvin Gaye, my third cousin type shit. Really? Yeah, a lot of my family's DJs too. Like when I tell you this shit's a part of my family, it's just a part of my family. So like it really is. I was gonna say, how does your uh family feel about you making music? 
like they fully they they support the fuck out of it. <laughs> they support the fuck out of it. The only reason why they were kind of iffy at it at first is because like they heard of other they're into like the conspiracy shit too. So they hear about artists not getting paid for their shit mm-hmm. or labels fucking over artists. So when they started seeing there was a point in time where my mother had more access to my bank account than I did. Mm-hmm. Cause she had login, whatever to but it was a while where she started seeing me make small money in the like coming in from it. Not saying I'm making a lot, but she started seeing me make like fifteen dollars out of nowhere, and she was like, "Okay, if you sell off your all of your songs, I don't know where they all thought I was selling my songs, but they were like, if you sell off all of your shit, if you're not making anything back of it, you know, you just be wary of that." I was like, nah, I already know about all this other shit. And then the day they started taking the music shit, my music shit, as seriously as I was taking it, is when I made like almost $200 in a week. At like 16, 17 years old, they were like, where the fuck are you getting this money from? I'm like, mixing. And like, partially, like a $15 fucking seven dollar check from soundcloud mm-hmm. or from distribution like it, it was all off most of the shit i was getting was off of mixing because i mixed for a lot of underground like trap metal artists mm-hmm. she seen that and she started taking me seriously too my pops buying all my equipment especially all the shit i got like the whole setup my my dad bought so so full support so what do you think is like the toughest part about like being a producer and making beats and shit? I think producer wise toughest part is like just trying to get people to use them, mm. trying to reach people. Cause I, I'm, I, me being, I'm focusing more on the like, like vocalist aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So I haven't really been like plate, like searching for placements like that. But I know who people do, and that's like a big ass pro, like a long ass process for that. Like sending out beat packs with like hundreds of beats in it, or like a lot of beats in it, until at least one of them gets used. Like just gotta stay consistent with that shit, and actually get up and make a like a lot of beats. Throw them bitches in packs. Find a way to contact niggas like. Like I can't even fully say out how to fucking contact certain niggas when it comes to uh, placements. You gotta go. You gotta find people. Get in these studio sessions with certain artists. Even though the way I got plate the like some placements. Well, I can't even say placements. The way I worked with homies now is just I offer up beats. Like it's been, I've always just gave out niggas beats and not really, especially when it came to KV. Like KV's really, like niggas don't charge each other in KV because mm-hmm. there's no reason to. I see everybody either in there as my brother or sister. Like I'm not charging family. Mm-hmm. So if they need a shit, then they just have that. And niggas wouldn't care about royalty splits either. They just if you made that, use it. That's really interesting. I never, because I never actually knew like the process of trying to get like artists on your beats. So you, so how do I don't even really know what the fuck a placement is to be honest. So how does that work? 
it's like yeah i think i've heard of a method and again i don't i haven't had any major placements so i can't specifically say mm -hmm. i think the best way to do it is to send beats through niggas like vocal engineers and get beats through to them and see if that artist will fuck with the beats or you beat collab with a higher up producer by sending him either loops or just like offering shit to him that he can send to the artist that he main like the mainstream artist that he works with. Mm. It's, it's it's a big pro. I don't know. I can't fully get into it because I don't fully know everything about it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So have you ever heard like do you have like a favorite beat or instrumental that you've heard? It doesn't have to be from rap or anything like that. Favorite beat or instrumental that I've heard. It could be I'm not gonna beat, lie. Beat. Starge for uh Star Forge from DK. I like that's my man's, and I'm not saying this out of bias, but that shit stuck in my head, low-key. That and the bait and Kaishino's song with fucking Kaishino's song with Garden, that beat stuck in my head too, as well as the lyrics. Okay, you're gonna have to send them. I see the DK one. You're gonna have to send me the other one so I can leave them linked down below. Got you, got you. Mine is probably there's just one song, bro. It's like a, it's not even, it's like a fucking orchestra type fucking song called Lux Eterna. This shit, mm. I feel like if you hear it, you're gonna, you're gonna know. You've probably heard it before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking send, send it to you. Slide it, slide it, slide it. This shit is so fucking gas, bro. It's like. I don't know. It's like a crazy ass, just orchestra classical type of beat. But so, I know you kind of. I don't know if you said it when we were recording, but you kind of said you wanna, in terms of getting far as a producer, you kind of want to get to that Kanye level to where people can't say that you're better at producing than rapping. You want to get to where both of your crafts are good. Right are equally as good. I know that's difficult in general because niggas like your beats more than your songs and it is what it is, bro. Mm -hmm. Niggas like your songs more than your beats and it is what it is. But I've most I've mostly ever made beats for myself or DK. So it's more of like that's how niggas are learning about me production wise. Mm -hmm. Especially when it's off of DK. So it's like I'd rather it be to like a point where I can't think of an artist that has that that's like more mainstream with that type of with that type of vibe. Like this might be a different like two different eras, but here's known for more beats than music or his songs, right? Mm -hmm. Like his songs are hard, but his beats like there's what he's mostly known for mm -hmm. that not I'm, I'm trying to be more of like an ugly god like a nigga that you know could make good beats but his songs are just as hard okay like uh, i'm trying to think who else is like that other than kanye i pharrell 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 used to make pharrell beats. yeah Bro, he still does, but it's like he's known more. His music, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty fucking trippy. Same thing with uh, 
Timbaland. Timbaland, he he raps too. Like he has shit where he's rapping, but he's known for right. like his fucking beats. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I'm trying to be that nigga with the balance, mm-hmm. at least. So, so it's like I get into studios with producers, and instead of just sitting there and be like, "Yo, make my shit sound like this," like mm-hmm. make my shit have this type of vibe, I want to be able to like add shit to it. Cause I know like underground niggas like Jason, um, I think Can Can made beat made beats too. Like Mod like there's a prod named Margins. He has his own songs, but he's also known like he got he got a lot of good beats too. Retta has good songs and beats too. I'm just trying to be like like almost the perfect balance when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. So if if you were to choose which one, like let's say, like if you had to choose between one craft blowing up versus the other, like would you rather your producing blow up or like your rap? Rap, rap. Okay. Why do you say okay. that? Because uh, I feel like there's a lot of producers who can express it well through production. I just feel like me, in general. I'd be better at expressing myself through vocals than beats. Hmm. So why why do you why do you think that? Because the shit I say, like, I try to have an extreme meaning behind it, and I've done that with beats, like that complement the like I've done, I've made beats. That were meant to have the vocals like complement the beat. Like the song you said before, like the song you told me you fuck with, give them space. Mm-hmm. That sample from it in it is from a TikTok sample, and I just built around it. Like I it's the sample's really from like a video, like it's really like pain. If you if you hear that sample anywhere or that first those first three notes anywhere it's either from a pain quote or it's from like a meme of like ghost like side eyeing like the camera like there's pain behind it and if you just listen to the whole song in itself it's pain like it feels like eerie as fuck so i built around it do you do you prefer making beats like that or it's my it's mostly what just happens bro Mm -hmm. like i i wish i can make like happier shit like i said i do everything off of personal vibe Mm -hmm. like i can't there's a lot of people that can go somewhere when they're depressed or like down or angry at some shit and smile hard as fuck like nothing happened to them that day i can't physically do that I can't verbally do that and I can't fabricate emotions. Like you can ask like people in my family know that shit too. Like there's times where we go out to eat somewhere and I'm already mad at some other shit and I'm quiet the whole day just to myself. Mm-hmm. And then there's days where I'm talking to everybody at the function. Like I can't fake feelings. If I make a love song, then I'm in love. If I make a pain song, that's how I am. The rage shit. 
trap metal shit, it just the re the main one of the main reasons why I stopped doing that is because it just wasn't me. Mm-hmm. But I was like a trap metal. Like it I had nothing I was never the type of nigga to yell whenever I was in ish like I had a problem. I was never the type of nigga to yell. I was never the type of nigga to be so angry at something where I needed to yell or beat the fuck out of something. Like I was never that person. Like if something's bothering me, I throw it. It is what it is, and just move on past that. Especially if it's not worth being that angry over. So that shit was definitely just not me. So I go off and vibe with everything, bro. Do you think it's you truly moving past it, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if if it's something small, then. I'm not bugging if I fuck out over it. If it's something bigger, then I'm only it is what it is in it. So that is not on my mind twenty four seven. So it doesn't need. Oh, go ahead. No, I was saying it doesn't really need to be on my mind twenty four seven, especially if I'm trying to be more positive in general. So when it comes to you being like, like how you were saying, you make. The beats that you make, they come from how you feel at that moment. So if you feel like in a painful type of state, how do you think you can like get out of that? Shit. Taking a breather mentally. There's a lot of times where I felt so like stressed out that I just stopped talking to, you know. There's there's times where I felt so stressed out that I just just stopped talking in general and just collected my mind mm-hmm. so that I move on with my life so I don't put that anger out to people. Like that's the last thing I want. Like I said earlier, it's the last thing I want is to just yell at my friends because I had some shit happen to me and then their day is fucked up because my day was fucked up. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're making me think, man. Same. Try to be as positive I can, bro. If it's bothering me, if it's if it's necessary to talk about it, or if it's if it's something that I could speak on, then I'll speak on it. Mm-hmm. If it's out of my control, I can still speak on it. But if I keep it there and it's out of my control, that shit's gonna be on my mind forever, just because I couldn't control that shit. I feel that. If I can't learn from something, like an issue or something, if I can't learn from it, then there was no point in me going, like, there's no point in that shit still being in my head. That makes a lot of sense. Exactly. Mental breaks. (laughs) Best thing to take, bro. I kind of want to know, because one of your more recent songs that you dropped, it was more of like, I didn't get a sad vibe from it. I thought it was pretty fucking, uh, Oh, the shit was pretty hype. It's with uh, Lilith. How did that song come about? I felt like, bro, I make a bunch of shit that I'm like, my mind is I want to go towards more clubs, Mm -hmm. right? I want to go to more of a party setting. R&B is like some late night shit you play at a club. But when you really listen to these club songs, niggas, which niggas don't do, Half of these songs are cries for help and people don't understand it. 
like the song's called ISO. And I made it because I felt isolated. Mm-hmm. Like you got the lyrics specifically, you gotta really listen to know like it's it's one of those type of songs where you have to listen to the lyrics to actually understand the meaning, and in your mind it'll go from a hype song to just a pain song. Mm. Like the first line of the song is like, "Baby, I'm not normal. I'm too isolated. Henny and some mice rolling up on faded, giving up my heart, but they're trying to break it. Like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know who's with me. What's in my head? I ask God to forgive me. Like, bro, tell you, I make shit to where you have to really look at the lyrics, and a lot of niggas don't do that. So you get options." You can ignore the lyrics, enjoy the beat, and be on some lit shit when you hear it. Or you can yeah. enjoy the you can enjoy the lyrics and vibe the fuck out when you're in your feelings. I know I have that problem. Like usually when I listen to not usually, but sometimes when I listen to people's music, the main thing that I'm listening to is the sound of the beat, how the beat makes me feel, and the Ooh. tone and the person's voice. Those are like the main two things, and I may overlook the lyrics sometimes right does that make sense yeah that's that's normal bro that's the thing that's normal it's you really gotta if you it's optional that's the best type of music is optional what vibe you're in so how did the song with Lilith come about what made you want to put her on that song it's like Lilith is new to KV, but she's like fire as fuck. I hope she charts one day on some like that boy's a liar type shit because she mm-hmm. makes like B songs, like her shit's hard. But I was like, I don't know if she would really do some like RB shit because I've been wanting to do RB songs for a minute. Niggas told me before I should do RB for so I was like, okay, I'm gonna ask her if she's down to do some RB shit. Made the open center the shit she was fucking with it. So it was really more of like we kind of basically had similar sounds when it comes to the singing shit. Cause I try to as raspy as my voice can be, like I try to be like on some like smoother type shit when it comes to my voice. But I've never really dove into like trying to be a little like softer on my voice. So I tried that on the song with her because with her DMB songs, her voice is more like softer on it. I like how I don't know. I, I just like how. Uh, who the fuck was I? Are you hello? Yep. Okay, I seen a little shit move. Yeah, I forgot who I was talking. To. I think I was talking to Bay about this, and we were just saying how like it's cool, like how KB has artists who all make kind of different types of music. But we've seen you guys come together and make something fucking brilliant. Like, I like how it's not just a collective that only makes hard music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if this is making sense. Like, it's like you make the type of music you make. Uh, DK, he fucking experiments here and there. Sanfi has like a more fucking hip hop type sound. Like, it's cool that in a tacit has a more chill sound. It's cool how you guys can come together and just make shit, even though you guys have different sounds. Does that make sense? Especially when it comes to DK like that. When I'm telling you that nigga's my brother, bro. Like, 
he's really my brother. Like, and it's we it's weird how shit turned out because when he started doing more like songs where he's singing, I started doing more songs where I'm rapping. Mm-hmm. But then that's when you get some. That's when you get like all the singing stuff. Like, hold on, uh, it's like we. I don't know what shifted our whole shit to where he's doing. I'm doing more aggressive shit, and he's doing more like singing shit. Because that's when losing cells came about, and both me and DK did some more like, like some more street shit type songs, like some more trench shit. Mm-hmm. That drops Friday, right? Losing cells. Oh, it's out everywhere right now. Losing Cells, Wrong One, my nigga, Equalizer is out. Like, I pro- I prod all three of those, but I featured on Losing Cells. But it's like, we have that rapping shit together, and then me and DK have a song called, like, we have a song called Broken Enough, where it's some Jersey Club shit. As much as he doesn't like Jersey Club beats, <laughs> like we have some Jersey Club shit, and we're both singing on it, like different shit. Even with Big Wave, we're both singing on it. Mm. And Garden does singing and regular rap shit too. Like he does that West Coast style and Detroit style, all that shit. Yeah, no, like Robin, what? What happened? My bad. No, no, go, 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 go. <laughs> Robin did. She used to do like the Juice World type of like singing shit on her old like old account, and then she transitioned into the more like ragey like type of party shit that you would hear in clubs too. Like we all end up doing each other's sound at some point in time. Mm-hmm. The whole group is just about experimenting with music as much as we can, bro. So. Where where do you think that comes from? Like you guys all want to experiment. I don't know. We all just see like certain shit. We're like, how can we make this better, bro? How can we do better at this? How can we make this sound way darker than these other niggas are making it without oversaturating it or making it sound like niggas are trying too damn hard? Mm-hmm. How do we make this song sound more like us in general? Like everybody in kv's been only upgrading every time we drop a song like every time we drop a song it sounds either different or way better than the next song especially when that nigga um <laughs> what about hobies hate zenny bro he's like the shit he's putting out right now is the most experimental shit i've heard from like it's crazy. Like, I'm gonna I'm send you the link, but his shit that he recently dropped called What Do You Take Me For is like extremely experimental. Yeah, he's uh, he, they're on the list. Remember, DK told me about them a month ago. Smooth. Yeah, they're definitely on the list for sure. Smooth, 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 smooth. I know, I know you and DK got a lot of shit together, man. Like, Oh, like, <laughs> they got a lot of songs together. So, I think so far, everything that I've heard with y'all two, my favorite, one of my favorites, I should say, so far, 
is a song that I heard called, I think it's called Broken Enough. I think that song so far. I don't know why. I just like that song. Do you, you remember how that song came about? It was Broken Enough. Like, DK is not really too into the Jersey Club shit. But the way Broken Enough was, it was more of like some like, I try to be as experimental as I can with it. But I've been sitting on the broken enough open for a minute. Because I'm like, bro, I don't know if niggas are going to fuck with this. I don't know how this shit's going to sound when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole song was basically talking to me, or talking about, like, like going through a breakup multiple times with the same person. And that person still being so hooked on to me that they want to be like, like they try to be a mini me still like, like at, before it comes to DK's verse, like I'm like, she's seen everybody. Why she talk like me? It's like, she on my, like it, it's, I don't know. DK matched the fuck out of the vibe for that song though. And that's when I sent it to him because I was like, DK's really getting to some singing shit on DMB, but I want to hear him. Like, he tried the song um, Big Wave, me and him have already. And that shit was hard. But I'm like, what if he does some Jersey shit? And that shit was crazy. So I just slid him the open. Like, fuck you. It's the only. Do you have a favorite song that you and DK have made so far? Favorite song? G and F. <laughs> Is that released? Yeah, it's G and F. Why, why are you laughing? <laughs> bro, the whole song, the shit was, bro, that song was not supposed to be censored, right? <laughs> but DK had good advice from somebody, like, I think Zeos gave him good advice on like not putting blinking out niggas' names in the songs because it, it was a it was a lot of tricky shit in that song and I was like bro I was name dropping every five seconds of that song. Like bro, first line was I heard blank was like <laughs> get to the lyrics, bro. Like I was just going I was talking my shit that whole song. Like the mixing on that song was super like in your face. The lyrics in that song was super in your face. Like the whole point of that song is just to make you feel like somebody's like venting to you angrily. Like you know how when you're talking to your man's about some crazy shit that happened and he's getting mad during the story. Man. <laughs> and this nigga's like slapping your chest while he's telling you the story. And you're like, all right, nigga, you don't have to punch my arm and hit me, nigga. You can just tell me. Like that's what that shit felt like to me. Like, <laughs> you'd have to hear the lyrics on that bitch to understand what I mean, bro. That shit was in your face, bro. Yeah, I'm going to check that shit out after this. EK, he also put in the chat, this is something I, I put later on in the uh, in the interview questions. Shot too wet. You, we didn't speak up on that yet. What, what is oh, that? Jesus it's a meme, nigga. Younger me. It's it was me being 
corny. It's an old song me and DK had. I was being corny in the song. Like, it was just saying, Shatouet, Shatouet. But, like, it's weird. DK is quoting a lot of old corny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that, bro, okay. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck you sent me out like that. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of corny shit that me and DK made before that we're just I tried to like bury, but he likes bringing it back. Oh no! So this isn't on your SoundCloud anymore? Not. Nah, I had one of my song my one of my SoundClouds deleted. Oh damn, nigga! I was at one K following, and my shit was deleted. Why did it get deleted? Probably because I did way more remixes to shit than I did now. Like the only remixes, the only shit that I have on my page now that got copyright strike was the um, Macarena shit where I sampled it, mm-hmm. but I didn't remix it. But I remixed to teach me how to shit, how to Dougie shit, and I didn't get copyrighted. Mm-hmm. But probably strikes, like copyright strikes. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> So you would have to ask for permission to in order to like a uh, remix shit, I'm assuming. Bro, if I see a beat that I fuck with, I'm going to <laughs> YouTube blank instrumental nigga. YouTube YT to mp3.com nigga. Download that shit and use it. It's diabolical. If it gets struck. Or if it, I, I usually be able to tell if it gets, if it would get strike because I would look in the description of it and it would say the song name mm-hmm. in the description of it, and then I would be like, okay, I can't post this shit anywhere because I know it gets strike. But hey, yeah, you never know. <laughs> Niggas blow up off of remixes and samples all the time, bro. You never know. <laughs> That's true. I seen a tweet from Bay. It says, "All my music friends is mad talented and underrated." But the way these niggas sleep on Will is actually criminal. And again, that goes back to when she was telling me about you, how you've been fucking producing for them since you was like 14, 15. Oh, yeah. So how did you meet Bay? Did you meet her through KV or? I met her through a different group. A different, like two groups before K, like. Yeah, two groups before KV, I met her. Okay. And she back then she was like Bay Robbins. Mm-hmm. I want to get to a point where if niggas if I if I'm not in a rush and you see niggas outside like, hell like when's the next drop? Like niggas are yelling that, and I have like I'm gonna try to get security nigga because I have a feeling I'm gonna be somebody. Nigga, mm-hmm. if I, I want to get to that point where I, I would just like stop in the middle of the street and be like. Nigga, you want to hear it? Like, mm-hmm. you want to hear it? I'm dropping next. Or, like, they just have regular conversations with people that fuck with us. Because at the end of the day, nigga, we're not going to get anywhere without them. So, we got to show that same love back. Have to. Yeah. Seem like some people, they try to make themselves be like a. What's the word? Uh, like, unattainable or unreachable type of thing. You know what hey, I'm saying? Awesome. Like, too many people have a god complex, bro. Mm-hmm. That shit's that shit scares me. I would never want to have that. I wouldn't see somebody as lesser than me over some stupid shit, bro. Yeah, dumb shit. But, so but I'm 
Okay. I have open conversation with whoever the fuck it is, bro. Like, hey, even if niggas hate me and they want to talk about some ser- like some serious shit, we could do that. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I seen so Bay actually wants me to ask you a question as well. Oh fuck! So <laughs> this bro, is what. <laughs> right. oh, are you nervous? Yeah, I am. <laughs> so. I don't know what this means, but she wants me to ask you, what pony did you choose? Oh, Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know what this means. What, what, what is she talking about? What pony did so, you choose? I don't know what I chose, but make mate love. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> if you got a brat, if you got a few ponies on a stick type shit, right? You got a brown pony? A black pony or like an albino pony with long ass hair. Which one are you choosing? Just wait, why are you asking me this question? You didn't even answer. I, I don't want to know because you my dog. I'm I'm trying to figure out, you know me. So like what pony? What nah, pony? sound like sound like trying to set me up, man. <laughs> I'm trying to know what trying to what type of pony you trying to use, my nigga. Like, okay, so before I answer that, why don't you answer base question? Now what pony did you choose? I don't want to answer it. Why? See, see, what's wrong with the question? It's fucking weird. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it may, it's an inside joke that makes no sense. I would go into the chat and the second DK is like, so which pony will? Because he sent me a picture of three like ponies, like the pony toys where it's like a, like a stuffed animal head on top of a stick. Mm-hmm. And it's three of them. He's like, so which pony will? And then I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? And then like 40 other niggas in the group chat would be like, yeah, which pony will? Yeah, pick a pony. Like, it would make no sense. It would make, it makes no sense. <laughs> so you didn't pick? Not you. They got you too. Oh my fucking God. They got this nigga too. They got this nigga too, bro. Why am I always So le- where's this picture at? Let me, you still got this picture. Let me see the picture. Oh, oh, oh. I don't save anything that gets sent to me in group chats because of the nigga. <laughs> Don't save anything. DK finds random pictures he finds online. Like, if he sees a picture of a poorly made Pokemon, like plushie, on an Etsy <laughs> shop, he screenshotting every one of the shits that they have on that shop and sending it to the group chat on Instagram. <laughs> I message. He's sending it to me, Garden and Shino, individual. Like he's blowing niggas' phones up with something he finds that is stupid. So I don't know. So why, so why are you afraid to choose? I'm not understanding. There's a lot of questions I get asked that I get too confused to want to answer. <laughs> what? So, so if I say pick a pony and I just throw out, if I say pick a pony and you throw out a random answer and I moan, would you not be confused? <laughs> would I, you? <laughs> I, I, I would be. I, I would be slightly concerned as well. Yeah. So pick a pony. The oh, hell no. See, I ain't picking it after you purchased it with that. <laughs> you got black, you got brown, you got you got albino. I want you to pick a pony. I see. See. About to fuck around in the interview, man. God. See, That's what DA does. He deepens his voice and scares. <laughs> That's what he does. What he does, bro. I'm telling you. If you've been around that nigga long enough. See, see, now, 
for the sake you're just for the, the sake same pain you're feeling <laughs> by answering that question. I felt that way too. <laughs> you're not alone. Okay, so if I answer it, are you gonna answer it? Why why do you want me to answer it? They're gonna get answer. It's just the pony, bro. bro. Don't answer don't answer the fucking question. <laughs> not answering that question, bro. If JC sees this and texts me this, I'm gonna smack that nigga. <laughs> I'm not answering the question. Bro, for the sake of the question, just choose the brown one, man. Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm gonna pick the like dark skinned pony that DK showed me. Oh, you like the dark skinned ones, though? See, look at you. <laughs> You're doing what DK does. You're doing what DK does. Look at this. All right. You're doing it too. <laughs> See me, you the one that said you like the dark one, man. I'm just saying. Oh my god. <laughs> hey, man. Oh. Whatever floats your boat, man. Said so whatever. What? What? Does? <laughs> hey, man. You had three options, and you chose the black one. Yeah. The, damn. <laughs> yeah. you, man. I'm so, big into psychology, man. That says a lot about you, man. Oh, if you're big into psychology, why is it such an issue that I picked the black? Oh no! I, again, I said whatever floats your boat, man. It's not, it's not an issue or anything, you know. It's, my boat. it's just interesting. So you about to get me in my Umar bag? <laughs> oh no! About to get me in my. So listen, brother. <laughs> why is it that when I pick a black pony, a Nubian pony, it's an issue? Yo, this nigga said a Nubian pony, bro. A beautiful Nubian, strong, independent pony, and you choose to think whatever floats my boat is the best answer. See, you ain't, you ain't finna get me canceled up in this motherfucking man. <laughs> That's why I avoid questions from DK. I don't <laughs> know if I'm gonna get canceled or some shit. That's crazy <laughs> that Robin had that question for me, though. It's crazy. Yeah, I didn't know what the fuck it was. I was like, what? What does this mean? So, here's another tweet from you, Will. By the way, for everybody listening, we're almost done with this interview. Thank you, Will, for sticking with me this far. Um, this, this interview kind of has more of a vibe of like the tacit interview kind of it's just like super chill which is kind mm -hmm. of you know um i appreciate it because my last interview that i did was with uh was somebody named quank he's an artist named quank from nlm super mm. high energy kind of <laughs> when people hear that interview before this one they're gonna be like oh yeah this was this one is really fucking chill uh, man, I don't know. I, I really have fun like uh, interviewing people when it's like they have high energy versus low energy. Like it's like I can mesh with both really well. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what right. I don't know. I just love interviewing. Let me fucking skip. Let me go to the next fucking uh, question. <laughs> uh, so there's a tweet from me that says they won't really fuck with me until I blow up and die. Then all the niggas going to say I knew him from so-and-so, so-and-so. We were real close. Now, what made you feel that way? Like, what makes you feel that way? So I was looking like people were disappearing around me, and it kind of is kind of happening now. Mm. The same, like, same kind of shit. Like, people are just dropping out of my life. People are doing like there's nowhere to be fucking found when I need them. But when they need me, I can they can always find me. And I've also noticed it's like it, it's it's weird for me, like me being me, like it's weird for me to play an artist music 
after he died. Like, continuously streaming shit. I fucked with X, Pop Smoke, Juice World, and Lil' Keed, right? Heavily. They passed. I stopped listening to their music. Not only just because I feel like sometimes, like, their label might be milking the rest of their songs for money mm-hmm. as much as they can. But it's kind of like, bro, this shit's just going to get more hype now that it's dead. How the fuck are niggas getting more followers when they die than before they died? How the fuck do niggas go up a million? How the fuck do niggas plays go up like two billions or millions on every other streaming platform? But when they were alive, nobody was like, you know, unless it's really more of like people are playing their songs more often to remember them. And if that's how people are, certain people are, I can respect that, which would make sense why you play their music often. So you can remember them like people still play Prince's music. People mm-hmm. still play Michael Jackson's music in remembrance pretty much. And they can still do a bunch of tributes and listen to people's music all the time. But it's like, bro, going up a million and following after somebody dies, it's kind of weird. But I know for a fact it's, it's people when they died that just like the second they did they just felt the need to be like yo like go around to everybody else and be like yo i know this nigga in high school like he was like this and this like it's crazy especially since there's nobody around to tell them otherwise that they didn't know that nigga like mm-hmm. that in high school like the person who passed away can't that like it, they can't defend themselves in that situation so anybody can say anything mm-hmm. yeah so it's it, it's weird like and i'm only ever like people only ever really hate to an extreme amount until nick dies like at like x's fan base is strong as fuck but there was still a lot of people that hated him because of his fan base and because of they assumed that he only did the yelly shit mm-hmm. second he died everybody's playing all of his sad songs a lot of people forget that he made like the yelly type of music and everybody's playing all his pain music and his other hype shit mm. like everybody just hated him niggas that everybody didn't really not everybody fucked with juice world's music because just like what happened when um rod wave was blowing up niggas were like i can't listen to that sad shit 24 7 Who's playing sad shit in the clubs? Nobody's playing sad shit like that 24-7, bro. Get like nobody's listening to that. Mm-hmm. He dies and everybody starts playing his hype music. And everybody's playing his pain music too. Yeah, that would be the case, yeah. So it, it was just weird to me that I thought about it in that moment. I just had to say it somewhere. It's crazy because Rod Wave is talented as fuck, man. And I, exactly. hope, I hope it doesn't take for him to pass away for people to listen to his music. He's really talented. Exactly. That's why, I, like, that's why I was tight. Because I'm like, but Rod Wave's fired, but niggas are, like, hating on it because he made mostly pain music. And the second he drops a tape, or it, like, he dropped the tape where it's not all pain music, and people still was hating on him mm-hmm. for that. So your niggas are going to get hate regardless until you die, and then people are going to be like, bro, I always fuck with 
like this person's music, bro. Like I was never hating on them, but like months later, before they died, they're like, "Well, this nigga's ass." Yeah. Like all he makes is this type of shit, but I can't listen to that forever. Now every time this nigga's going through something, he's playing the same the same song by mm-hmm. that artist that. I'm trying, to, so. I'm trying to think have i ever i don't think i've i don't think i've ever listened to somebody or became like a supporter of somebody after they died the only person i can think of and it's not even on a mainstream level it was more so uh on an underground level i'd say like slutty sunny like he's the reason why i started doing underground interviews because mm-hmm. i just I, I think it's kind of fucked up how like there's a lot of talented people in the underground scene and nobody fucking hears about them because they're just so busy on mainstream shit. So that's why I started doing underground interviews because this guy fucking died and nobody really know who the fuck he was. You know what I'm saying? So he died. Are you? Like, that's the only person I can honestly think of, honestly. But that was more so on like an interview level shit. Like, you know, wanting to interview people who do not, who don't get a chance. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's why I'm more of like, bro. I keep hearing shit about like men never get flowers until they pass away. So I'm just like, bro, give niggas flowers while they're alive yeah. rather than dick suck everybody else when they're dead. Like you knew that nigga when you really didn't, or you've been bumping and shit when you really didn't at all. Gosh. Like, like makes sense. Like, I mean, so now I have to ask you this question. Would you, hmm. so would you rather, Damn, how do I word this? Would you rather be successful and blow up or be like a starving artist, die, and then you blow up? I'd rather be extremely successful, like, while alive. Mm -hmm. So that I can make sure that when when I go, that people aren't just sectioning off my money without me that I make off of my music. Because mm-hmm. X probably made like a couple million after he passed away. and I, I feel like his family's like doing, like people were saying like his mother and all these other family shit's doing a bunch of other shit with his money that's kind of weird or they're trying to like milk his son's music or her son's music yeah. with like clothing brands and different documentaries and shit. Doing documentaries isn't an issue. Mm-hmm. And all the other brand, like clothing brand stuff is not an issue. But I don't want to have people fighting over my assets when I'm gone. I want to be able to like know who I give my shit to. Because the first people I'm going to give a section of my shit to is family. Yeah. You feel me? Like, if I already don't have fan, if I like... I have a family by the time I blow up, then obviously my kids are getting most of my shit. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to spoil them because I want them to start their own brand. The whole idea of me blowing up is that I can take people out of certain situations where they feel like they don't have enough money to make it to next month to do some shit. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to put my, like, buy out something like a business, like a bakery, restaurant, trucking company, what the fuck it is, mm-hmm. and have my like cousins or aunts run it so that not only they're getting money, but it's a good investment in general on my end. So nobody has to worry about shit. 
Like my cousin wants to start a clothing brand or my homie wants to start a clothing brand. I could connect him with top models to get his shit up. I could put him on to like art galleries and all this other shit to like put him up and I could help him start his own brand so that he wouldn't have to like niggas. I just don't want niggas to have to ask me for anything because how I am, I really don't feel comfortable with asking niggas for money in general. Mm-hmm. Like you would have to like it, it, you're, it's almost like you would have to damn near beg me to beg you for money. Like mm. I, it's I don't like begging for money, bro. I just have rather have my own shit, and I know a lot of people around me are like that too. So I would rather have them have their own shit, so they don't have to worry about shit else. They don't need them to get i want them to get to a point where they don't need me to run shit so well what do you think happens when we die religious man bruh. i feel like we off to heaven bro I'm trying the best way i can to get there mm-hmm. to heaven I'm not saying i'm a you know knock on wood i'm mm-hmm. saying i'm doing that but bro it's maintain a spot in heaven for me is the best way I can. I come from a very religious family and I also believe in that too. Mm. Man, I think I remember as a little kid, I used to be fucking so scared of death because I used to think like, damn, like of course I don't think this now, but I used to think like, damn, like what if like you die and it's just black? Like, that's probably the scariest fucking thought ever to die and only see black type shit. Yeah. I believe I just believe the soul goes somewhere at least mm-hmm. now we won't die and just see black. I feel like there's something like higher Most in this people. world right now. So why do you think we were sitting here? I don't know. Can't really pinpoint that. You have to I feel like in order to find your true meaning of being on earth, you'd have to live out your life fully like you'd have to really live out your life to see where the fuck your journey is what your journey is mm-hmm. and what shit's out for you well there's a lot of shit i done tried that just wasn't for me and it wasn't meant for me and i felt it but like all this other shit i've tried it just didn't work the only thing that felt like it worked for me was music mm-hmm. so Everybody has their own journeys. So you got to find it. If you could ask God, like, any question right now, what would you want to ask them? What I want to ask him? That's a good-ass question. Hmm. I would ask him how to tell who's really here for evil intentions or not mm. who is created for evil I would, that that would probably be the only thing i would ask him is to see who on earth was really here with evil intent and has always been here for evil intent it's a good ass question well what the fuck <laughs> i'm saying it's a good ass question <laughs> you can never know he could be like well there's someone around you that has been trying to halt your process the entire time that you had, that you were blinded to, right? Mm-hmm. 
if he says that, I I could look at my friends and then all of my friends who, like, bro, I've had an ex before. That would be a good question to ask, like, way before. And then I'll see some shit. Like, I had an ex who, like, I was trying to get support. Like, I was venting to, trying to get support from. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing, like, she's never really supported my music the whole time. Like, we've been on and off for about four or five years, me and that girl. Haven't been with her since. But, like, whole time, she hasn't supported my music at all. I'm reposting her little brand that she has. Little brand. Let me stop bugging. I, I repost her butt, like her brand mm-hmm. multiple times on my stories. I'm in her comments, like heart eyes, fire emojis, a bunch of shit. Show I'm me. on her website about mm-hmm. to buy some shit. Cause she was making like she was making like plushies, my nigga. Like they were actually nice. And she made art. Mm-hmm. Like I'm be I'm not trying to sound weird on some like hard shit. She was never thinking about doing commissions until she seen me do like mixing and beat commissions. She didn't think she could get paid off of anything she was doing art-wise. And then like like two years later, she starts, she's actually running her business, like she's selling plushies she's selling coasters she's drawing shit for people she's drawing on phone cases and selling them like my nigga she has shit going for her i noticed that i never really got support from her right couldn't name not one of my songs top of her fucking head couldn't even name a lyric couldn't name a feature like couldn't even say the first word in the first line of the song type shit she couldn't even sing out she couldn't even hum out a beat that i made on some type shit and out of all the people i've had like vented to about the same topic because i like to get different opinions about certain shit right Mm -hmm. when i told her like there was a point in time where i was like bro i don't think this shit's going anywhere i'm genuinely considering like stopping like quitting the vocal side and just either doing production or just quitting music in general and finding a different field everybody else said all the homies said like nigga you're bugging the fuck out like i'm pretty like somewhat passive aggressive friends are like aggressive friends but they aggressively show love so they're like nigga you're dumb as fuck if you stop right now mm-hmm. like you haven't even tried to be up like you're dumb as shit if you stop he was just like well then stop if you want to or just if you feel like you want to give up then just give up but nigga she's kind of yeah she's kind of used to that nigga she's dropping out of college classes nigga she dropped out of a bunch of shit she dropped out of jobs like she's used to that to just dropping out of shit so when it came to me questioning if I wanted to be in this music for real she just told me to drop out of it so I dropped out of a relationship. <laughs> they get real too. What I'm saying, bro, like, like that's really the only question that I would ask God if that was a thing. Is who sent here to like try to stop me? Yeah, like 
Oh man, that is really fucking powerful what you just said because uh, sometimes you got to be careful what who you ask certain shit to because if they can't right. see themselves doing it, then of course they can't see you doing it. You know what I'm saying? That was some real shit. Damn, bro. Yeah, man. Look, you got me emotional a little bit, man. I saw G, bro. I'm I'm really into that deep thinking shit, bro. So that would really just be the only question I would really ask if I could genuinely get an answer. I don't even know what I'd ask. I, I mean, man, the question that I have it always changes. It never stays the same because I know it's just as you walk down your path, it's just the question changes. You know, right. With your mindset right now and your life as it is currently in its current state, what question would you ask? Let's see. I mean, damn, man, I don't even I ask you that question. I don't even know. I honestly don't know. I'm trying to really think, and I don't want to. You're going to have to give me a minute to really think about that. Are you good, bro? Uh,. I don't even know. I guess I'd ask. Uh, I don't know. Oh, damn, man. Because the qu <laughs> the question I'd want to ask it wouldn't have to, it wouldn't really have anything to do with like my path or anything. I kind of just want to know, cool. like, you know, if you know, how does how does God feel about Satan? Like, how does God currently feel about that? <clears throat> like, that's the only thing I'd really want to know. Like, is he is he disappointed? Is he, you know, like, I, that's what I want to know. How does he feel about Satan? Or the the person that we know of that's representing evil energy? How does he feel about that? That's a good question, too. Because bef before my question was, uh, one, how did I end up here? Like, on Earth, how did I end up here? Right. But I, I've came to the conclusion that I asked to come here. I don't know why, but I just feel like I asked to come here. Two, what is here? Like, from God's perspective, what is this? Like, what is this plane of existence? What is Earth from God's perspective? Like, is this a good place? Is this a bad place? And right. again, I would want to hear directly from them and not, like, from somebody, like, you know, saying that they're coming from God. I want to hear directly from God, the voice of God. What is this place? And three, who is in control of this place? You know, who... Who runs shit down here? Those would be my questions. So you never know, bro. It's like God could assign roles and he could add like assign like a specific reason to your soul before you became an embryo. Mm -hmm. That's the earth. And you just have to find out what it is yourself. Yeah. And how you can add value to the world. In your own way. Yeah, man, this is a trippy, this is a trippy topic. Let's, you know, what I'm saying. And I'm sober. This is crazy. <laughs> so, and I'm sober. This is crazy. So Tacit also uh, wanted me oh, to ask you a question as well. This is kind of more serious. Be some fuckery. No, it's not. Oh, serious. Yeah, it's kind of. This seems. This seems like a normal question. He says. Ask Will if he's ever going to make a music video to No Worries from his Celta album with the two eye emojis. To No Worries. 
I might have to, bro. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that song. Like, well, I, you know, it, it, it's it's the highest played song on my tape right now, but I might I'm gonna ask my cousin. I'm gonna ask my cousin. That shit might be coming. I don't know yet. That shit might be coming. I have to ask my cousin to see if he's down to film. So I know you just dropped a music video. Maybe about what? Was yeah. that like a month ago? Two weeks ago, maybe? A few weeks ago. Tight shit. So was dropping a music video for um the song No Worries, was that ever like on the list or? I don't really have a list. I just go off of like what song I feel needs a video mm-hmm. with it to like show visually what the fuck the vibe is in it. Mm-hmm. But I might do it. I, the, like when I was making that tape in general, like I was thinking about having videos for each song, but I could do a video for No Worries. Uh, do you still think you're going to, do you still want to do music videos for each song or? Probably not now because it's kind of later on it, but I don't mind doing like one video for one of the songs on there. Okay. Shit, Tacit, if you're listening since you asked that, man, you need to make a fucking music video for Prosperous, man. Shit, thank you. I love that song. That song's so gas. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Tell that nigga to drop more music videos, please. Niggas in KV needs to drop more music videos in general, bro. And do shows. And do shows, That's what I want to see, too. I want to see y'all doing shows. I'm gonna be gas. I kind of I want to know how'd you come out? How'd you come about being on the song "Oh My God" with Broly Five Hundred? Oh shit! <laughs> that song, it was really like accidental. Feel me? He already had the open, and I mixed it right, mm-hmm. and I already had the song mixed, and he was having trouble with a feature that was supposed to be on that song. So I was like, bro, I don't have any vocal song with Broly that I both mixed and rapped on. Because there's a some song, there's a bunch of songs that I already mixed for Broly. So I was like, texted him right after I mixed him. I'm like, yo, this hard. If your feature is bugging, then I'm, I can jump on it right now. Mm-hmm. He was like, no bet. Like, send a verse over. So I sent it to him. He was fucking with it. Type shit, and he just posted it. Really, I didn't. I low key didn't think he was gonna use the verse. I thought he was gonna clip through it. Broly, this shit was smooth though. How long did it take you to do that verse? Like, no more than five minutes. Really? Because it was like, I didn't want to take too much fucking time with it. Because if I'm doing shit. Like on impulse, then I just want to do shit on impulse because it was a cipher we did. We did art like KV did an RHK cipher, which was also on impulse, which I did within a night while we were all in the call. Like all of us, all the people on the song did the verse in the same call on Discord. Oh wow! So it's like we all was just like, bro, fuck that. Fuck whatever you got going on the next morning, just record a verse and was like, all right, but so whenever I'm really in that vibe and I want to record, I'm gonna record. Yeah. 
Okay. I kind of want to know, how'd you meet TR3? Or is it Trey TR3? Trey? Type shit. It was, it's like one of the groups, bro. The whole shit, like, all the solid members and all the members in general, KV, like, the whole group is made up of, like, people that been through a split of a different group. Mm. I'm not going to go into detail, right? Because that's a lot in itself. Of course. Two groups behind, um, two groups behind KV, most of us was in the group already. Then that group split because of some internal conflict. Niggas was just like, all right, whatever. We started a different shit. And then that group split because of some internal conflict. And then we were like, all right, we're doing some different shit. And then that's how we got KV. Like, it was a cycle. But we each time we met new people in it. And I met Trey within that cycle. <laughs> different shit, bro. It's crazy. So one song that I heard by uh, you and Trey, was this shit is fucking fire. It's called uh, Midas Touch. Or Midas. So how did that song come about? I don't know. I just felt like when I was, it, it was one of those songs where I was like, bro, I'm just say some stupid shit because that's what blows up now. Like, I'm going to just talk my shit and just say some, like, like whatever comes to mind first type shit. But then I was like, in that I'm going to talk my shit vibe. I'm like, well, I remembered to message when I was mixing Broly shit. And he was like, bro, every time you mix my shit, it's gold. Or, or he's basically talking about some Midas touch shit. And whenever I mix for other people, they end up heavily fucking with it too. Or if it's a beat, they end up heavily fucking with it too. If it's a verse, they end up heavily fucking with it too. So that's the first line of the song. I was like, fuck it. Everything I touch, it turn to gold like it's Midas. I mean, shit. And then Trey. I knew I needed someone that could do like triplet flows too. And I was kind of struggling with triple flows, my nigga. I'm not going to lie because I normally talk fast, but. I don't know when it when I record. If I do a triplet flow, I end up fucking up on the line a few times. But I was like, I need someone that can like match like kind of soft but kind of energetic like vibe of this shit, but still keep the verse like jumpy. I don't know how I explained it. So I thought about Trey because we already had a song resampled like um Instagram reel. Where it was kind of that same vibe on the song. Same vibe. So I was like, yeah, Trey can fuck with this. And shit was crazy. It's called Posted in My Room. Okay. And it's released, right? Oh, wait, no. It's not, um... It's not Posted in My Room. It's, um... Fuck the name. It's called Not Enough. You got to sit yeah, there, bro. Got you, got you. 
but it's not enough. Nigga sampled the Instagram reel and it was DK just typed to the main chat. Y'all still going? Holy shit, <laughs> bro. We're literally yeah. almost done, bro. You know what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> Not enough. That shit was hard. That shit was hard. It's on Trey's page. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Let's see. I have literally three more questions before I get into my quick 33 question segment of the podcast. I want to know, where do you see yourself in five years? Shit, living on an estate on some Rick Ross shit. Really? Hell yeah. Living on an estate with some Rick Ross shit with family. Just... Just cooling, bro. Let's start to like at least just trying to settle, nigga, and chill. I want to be able to make music optionally. Like, I want to be able to like have other businesses and other shit work out for me to where if I drop a song, it goes crazy. But I'm not obligated to drop song, or I'm not, you know, I don't have to work on music anymore. Like, I can retire, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to retire my family, not just like older like family like aunts and uncles and like elder elders of the family like i want to be able to retire like my cousins yeah type shit or at least help them with their shit like i said before on some like if you want to do this i'm gonna buy this so that you can already have a place to start your business that's real shit man like i want to also do that like be able to like Again, like how you were saying, if somebody wants to start a business, like, you know, I could, I could help, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even have to think about it. I could just go in my bank account and say, here, you know what I'm saying? Like, not have to worry about giving somebody 50K or some shit. Like, that's what I really want to be able to do. Exactly. Like, buy out a small, like, if they won't want nothing big ass and crazy just because it's, like, attached to my name or attached to the family name, nigga, get a small shop. Could be for either, like, art shit. Could be a right, could be a bakery, nigga, like whatever it is. A laundromat, anything. Exactly. Niggas could start vet niggas could invest in vending machines if they want to do that Man. for real. Huh. Like it don't matter what it is. As long as I can help them with a start and not have to worry about it, then I I, I just want to help them. So where do you see the underground scene in five years? Bro, the way the underground scene is like shit just gets better and better so i have a feeling a lot of the underground scene are going to become the new industry or mainstream scene and the now the mainstream scene now is going to end up getting into the industry scene too what do you mean but i feel like like it's it's going to be a new era bro mm-hmm. Nigga, rappers are getting old, bro. And as sad as it is to say, bro, we got to think about it, bro. You know how old niggas like 50 Cent and Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre are? Yeah, niggas old, yeah. Jamie Foxx is already going through some shit, bro. That's about to be the first nigga. Like, if he, like, he's in stable condition, I've heard now, mm-hmm. bro. But imagine them passing away. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to be the new people like Prince and fucking Michael Jackson. Like, they're going to be those type of people. They're going to be that new type of person. They're going to be the people we play at cookouts to our kids. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Like, we're hearing some like, oh, oh shit. They're going to be the old, old shit to our kids. 
Yeah. Playing Shit's eat at a cookout is crazy. Hey, nigga, like, imagine, <laughs> imagine you're at a cookout and niggas is playing, like, niggas is playing Lil Yachty two-step into it like it's a Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> like, like, bro, that's gonna be... I'm trying to at least be at that status, though, to where, like, I can make a classic and, like, like have a finito or mm-hmm. a meat mill type, like, any meat mill shits. Like, if you hear any... Like, hold on, wait a minute, y'all thought I was spinning. Like, niggas yelling that in the club. Mm-hmm. Everybody's screaming finito. Like, niggas are always like taking every X song is a mandatory for every Rolling Loud or like Summer Smash, like lyrical lemonade shit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a mandatory to play them those songs there. I'm trying to get that. Like, you kind of do make like a valid point in terms of like basically a new wave of like basically a new wave of people getting put into like the uh, forefront basically right and that's where I want to be in terms of interviewers man be like the new you know what I'm saying Nardwall. man the new kid on the block man that's what I really want to man so if you could change one thing about the underground scene what would you change <laughs> this man started laughing Niggas hate, bro. The underground has a bad rep. Mm-hmm. So, certain sections of the underground has a bad rep because all the niggas that have these accusations of doing some like Gruber pedo shit, like like the niggas with those type of reputations. I just wish that they didn't do that, <laughs> so these niggas could actually have like their own shit, like they're. Dumb as fuck. They're dumb as fuck. Dumb as fuck. I can't say it more, bro. I just want to remove the rep sections of the underground have, nigga. Or has, nigga. It's not only the grooming shit, it's also the women, like, women beating shit. It's also the racist shit. The scamming shit. The scamming shit. Yeah, it's bro, like the sexist shit, bro. Like too much, bro. There was too many like white underground rappers saying nigga at some point in time. <laughs> Yo, like <laughs> way too many, bro. <laughs> like way too many to be like just not acknowledging it. <sighs> way too many, bro. I mean, one thing I change. I just want more. You again? I'm not. I'm new to the underground scene. I come from the game and shit, but I would want more unity in this shit. You know what I'm saying? More people to be unified and collabing yeah. and, you know what I'm saying? Doing shows. Like, that's what I want to see. Things be trying to back toward each other too much, too. Like, bro. I can't even get into shit, but bro, niggas backdoor way too much in the shit, too, bro. It's weird. Oh, niggas, yeah. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, niggas get high off of everything and then just start assuming some shit about somebody else which isn't true or is true and then they just start backdooring bro it makes no fucking sense bro yeah that's a touchy uh subject so so, yeah (laughs) uh, for everybody listening this is the very end of the podcast my last segment called 33 questions where i ask the guests 
33 random questions, and I have to answer it as quickly and as truthfully as possible. Are you ready? Uh, Are you ready, Will? Here. Number one. If you could collaborate with any producer, who are you choosing? Pierre Bourne. Timbaland or Pharrell? Timbaland. Do you have fun every day? No. How often do you eat dessert after dinner? Rarely. Would you rather be a plane or a boat? Plane. Without saying the reason, when was the last time you cried? Three months ago. What did you do yesterday? Record. What beverage do you drink the most? Water. What's the weather like currently in your area? Hot as hell. Nigga. <laughs> Who do you think has helped you the most when it comes to music? DK. Is that a gun? That was a firework. It's about to say, what the fuck? This nigga just had a random shootout outside his crib. Oh, man, fuck going on, man. Nigga heard DK and heard gunshots. That's a sign. That's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> How many pillows do you sleep with at night? Two. Damn, everybody said I sleep with one, bro. Everybody says two. That's crazy. You see, two got it. Like, you got to have one pillow under the pillow, my nigga. <laughs> Tight shit. Do you sleep in darkness or do you have a light on via nightlight or TV light? Lights on, different color type shit. It's interesting. What was your first microphone? Road. No, Apple earbuds. That's crazy. That's literally the first fucking mic I used to record my first episode, bro. Apple headphones. That's crazy <laughs> that you smooth. said that. If you know how to mix, they're smooth. <laughs> like, they're smooth. Man, that shit was ass for me, man. I was moving. You could hear me moving and shit. That shit was yeah. crazy. I put a sock over my shit and record, my nigga. <laughs> when was the last time you had a nightmare? Yesterday. What was the nightmare about? Me falling in outer space. Really? Yeah, I have a lot of dreams of me just falling. I don't know why. Or nightmares of me just falling. Right, this next question is, do you smoke Zaza? Every day. <laughs> is it every day? <laughs> I always keep it on me, nigga. <laughs> How often do you watch a new movie or show? Rarely. Yeah. What horror it's movie... Oh, go ahead. Even more reason to have shorties put you on the shit and Netflix and chill, big T. <laughs> Bruh. What horror movie would you... This man was about to say... What was you about to say? He was about to say some craziness. I heard that female voice. What was you about to say? You see a bad bitch and she's like, oh my God, have you seen this movie? It's like, no, nah, put me on. Next thing you know, you watch the movie again. All right, continue. Uh, ignore that. Oh my God. Ignore that. You could get neck if you act like you haven't watched uh, well, it. I'm saying. Okay, well. I'm okay. Get throat, my nigga. Let's get back on track. My fault, OG. <laughs> what horror movie would you recommend me? It's a movie where people are on the beach and they're aging quickly. Oh, old. I seen it. That's fire. That shit. Crazy ass concept. You gotta watch it when you're high as fuck. So for me, I recommend you the movie uh, Joyride with Paul Walker. I don't know if you've seen that's an old movie. 
fire. It's free on YouTube right now called Joyride. Nah, I'm gonna watch that shit. Bet that I'm gonna watch that shit. Would you rather be a sea turtle or a starfish? Sea turtle. <laughs> are you afraid of a zombie apocalypse? Yes. I'm taking myself out the first chance I get. Fuck that. Do you know where your wallet is? Right next to my dick. Do you have a friend that you wish made music, but they don't? Yup, T8 Nino. This nigga DK said at this point, put this on a, put this on a Hulu documentary. This shit is long, bro. A lot of my interviews are like more documentary style, kind of. That's valid, though. Hey, yo! I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why you said, hey, yo, false allegations. I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, yo! Oh, see... See, man, see, you might as well just, see, man, you might as well just, uh, choose a pony, man. You type in that, man. Bro, what the fuck? <laughs> we'll just threaten to kiss DK, man. And you don't no, want to choose a not. pony. That is crazy. Wow. Look at this nigga lying about me. Wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> It says, do you have a friend that you wish made music, but they don't? He me, no. <laughs> what would you like to do for your upcoming birthday? go to a different state have you ever been on a plane once yeah what's a fear that you have heights do you use lotion every day or do you forget some days forget some days i'm not gonna lie that's real that's real who's the last yeah, person okay. you spoke to in person t.a nino no my mother uh-huh Last horrible video game you played. Last horrible video. Bro, I got forced to play Roblox recently. <laughs> like, because uh, a nigga joined a room where people were just roasting each other and there was nothing funny in it. So I just left. So. Do you have a crush on an animated character? Uh, yeah. Who is it? Who, who, who? You know, the amount of times I've seen Sandy Cheeks put, like, acorns in her cheeks and hey, her Spongebob. Yo. I'm trying to see what that be about, like. Sandy Cheeks is wild, bro. That is an animal, sir. They don't call me Cheeks for nothing. <laughs> Nigga. <laughs> yo. <laughs> what, what is your go-to pair of shoes? Uh, Black Air Forces. Do you have a secret social media account? No. Do you wear jewelry? Yes. The last question. How many times have you went out to eat this month? Like four. Maybe lucky. I mean, I just went to uh, Benihana's maybe about... Yeah, I think for Mother's Day we went to Benihana's. She was fire. I'm lucky, nigga. I went to TGA Fridays two different times within a few months. Fridays month. is gas. That's my favorite fucking restaurant. Fridays. I don't here. <laughs> <laughs> Fridays and Cheesecake Factory, man. That's my go. Those are my top two, man. Oh my god. I've never tried Cheesecake Factory. You, bro. bro. I want to though. As soon as possible, you gotta, you gotta do that, man. Just gas. I have to, bro. Cause maybe my hype, and I want to try it. <laughs> Yo, did you enjoy that thirty-three question segment? Did you? Was that weird? Did you enjoy that? Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Still yeah. didn't pick a pony like that. Well, you did pick. Oh yeah, you did pick a pony. You chose black. Oh yeah, y'all forgot. Yeah, I'm talking about you. 
I said brown. Mm, interesting. Anyways, for everybody listening, <laughs> this is the Ill Will, TA Ill Will episode. Ill man. Will? This, it, yo. I had super, I had a, I had a good time uh, doing this episode. It kind of gave me more of a, like a vibe of like tacit, his interview. Like it was just super chill. We're just kind of talking, just chilling. Um, yeah. Will, do you have any upcoming projects or anything you want to say to the people? Projects? Not really. I got some crazy shit that I'm sitting on that niggas should look out for. And if your girl is like white, she might call me Willy Wonka. So look out for that. Oh my God. For everybody listening, this is the will. Because I got the chocolate factory. The... I, I said, make, make love. I got the chocolate factory. So for everybody listening, this was the Will interview. Obscure Mitch podcast, most obscure podcast in the world. I'm going to leave all of Will's links linked down below. I'm going to leave all of KV's link down below. Uh, according to Will, he has a chocolate factory. Uh, but yeah, this yeah, is just, just Willy Wonka, nigga. Oh my god, this is super. <laughs> this is big super body cool. Will, big T eight, big T N S Will, nigga. R H K, big fucking R H K, nigga. K V, you know the fucking vibes, nigga. I'm gonna leave all of KV's links down below. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is super cool, man. It's your boy Make Love from Obscure Mitch Podcast, most obscure podcast. Yeah, big in the Make world. Love, nigga. Right, interview underground artists, content creators, inventors, game developers, anything in between that. If you like that, follow me to stay up to date when I post. Yes, your boy Make Love, your boy Will. We're out. Peace. Big body Make Love. Thank you. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>